Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. This is 1690 AM WVON. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Kendall Moore Show. We are streaming live at WVON.com, 591-1690. That is the number to connect to us here this evening. Happy Friday to everyone as we typically begin this show Ms. Robin, what happening, baby? I'm so privileged. Wow, and honored. You start your show by saying hi to Dale, me. I can't even hear Robin. Where, where is Robin at? Robin, um, what'd you say? I'm here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I said I'm so privileged and honored that you start by saying hi to me. Oh, Robin, not, not quit it now. I don't, I don't want the hubby. I know he'd be listening to you on this radio now. I don't, don't, don't do that. My wife coming in tonight, yeah. Robin. <laughs> oh, for real? Good. <laughs> so silly. Oh, Robin, um, how was your week? Um, It was ter- it tested my nerves. But I thought you was about to say terrible. I was about to say what? I could say that, but I'm just going to say it tested my nerves because things could be worse. Okay. And they're not. And I'm grateful that I made it through. All right. Well, it's all good. All right. Long as you are here, mm-hmm. that matters. That's You're I'm here. Saying. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have a terrific weekend, Robin. You too. You too, everybody. Robin Lewis, everybody. What's that, Will? What up, what up? What up? What's that? Uh, everything and not is that, enough. Is that a new sweater? Is it a new one? Nah, it's just a little it's something. Pretty new. Did, did you get anybody to sponsor your, your wardrobe? I, I got a couple of people in mind, but you know, you know, I got a couple of people in mind and reached out. Okay. You know, so I'm digging that, though. So what, what is that, velvet? Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually cashmere, my oh, goodness. Oh, that's cashmere. <laughs> Yes, it's cashmere. Our sponsors paying you that much to be wearing well, cashmere. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm about to talk to the sponsors it's around. It's cashmere. Uh, <laughs> missed you last week. Will, good show last week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, it very much. I'm only as good as the uh, t- as my teacher. So. Oh my God, there it is. Very humble, very humble. Beretta, what happened? Hello, Netta Beretta. How you doing? Amazing. I'm doing amazing. Feeling amazing? Yeah, I got a chance this week to give back. Been so busy, I haven't had a chance to do a lot of volunteer work. So my company, we actually were able to help a young lady out at 58th in Indiana rebuild her newsstand. Mm. A drunk driver ran into it while she was in it, so she could have lost her life. 
Thank God she oh, didn't. Wow. Yeah, completely knocked it to the ground. She's been there over 30 years, and we had a chance to rebuild it. So we've been doing that this week. Fantastic. You're always doing great work, tremendous and work. I just want to say thank you publicly to everyone who donated because we – Barely had to come out of pocket for anything. People donated time and materials and funds and just pulled together to get this done for her. I'm so grateful. It you looks know, like you guys made it bigger and better. It was. She loved it. Wow. She was so emotional. Looked like y'all built yeah. her a house. It felt really good. There are a lot of people who need help these days. Absolutely. Yeah. I promise you that. So congratulations and great job. Thank you. That's what we do here on this show. Absolutely. Real talk. Isaiah the Eyes in the building. How you guys doing? Everybody's well. Right. <laughs> Sounds so professional. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you, Isaiah. Isaiah's nice always in too. All right. And my girl, Nye Fires, of course, hey. producing this show. What up, Nye? Hey, I'm happy to be here. We're happy that you are here, Naya. Thank you. I'm going to make sure I text your dad. <laughs> uh, that was a thumbs up, right? All right, I got okay. you. Delving on the ones and twos, that makes the crew. Dell, what up, man? Man, what up? Hey, so here it is. It's another Friday night show. Let's do it, brother. All right, you got some good Christmas music for us this evening? Man, you know me. You know how I'm going to do it. Now, listen, I'm a, like Bon Humbug. You know I'm a, uh, I'm a Muslim, uh, Jew, uh, Jewish. Uh, uh, Christian. Prasconaut, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Atheist, like I'm yes. all of those things. Mixed with a, whatever else. Okay, all right. So play some all of that type of music, yeah. So you know this uh, this year marks the 50th anniversary of the song This Christmas. And this Christmas, yes, yes. I heard Perry early on with uh, yes. uh, Michael, uh, uh, Doctor Michael, Michael Dyson, Dyson, Michael, Michael Dyson, Dyson was former on. DePaul professor back in the day. Here we go yeah, with the DePaul. Yeah, what's up? What's, what's up, up, professor? Will? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I I had no idea. <laughs> I also realized that Chris Brown did a remake of oh, that. Oh yes, and uh, absolutely. I guess I don't want to pour salt on Chris Brown. So big shout to Chris Brown. <laughs> you didn't like it? I actually yeah, like his version you know. too. I think he did. I think he did well. You know, really? Yeah, this about it's about ten years old now. Nia's get, giving him a thumbs down. Everybody's giving a thumbs. Yeah. Delvin is giving a thumbs down as well, though. Back in the <laughs> day when I saw uh, when I heard Chris Brown singing and I saw his performance on 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 uh, in the movies. I said to myself, "That's a that's a very talented young man right there. He's going to go places, and he has went places, the wrong places at times. No, <laughs> but he's still a good. Brown no, listen to man. me. He's, he's still people. a good guy. Yes, he's he still is. a good guy. He's a good guy. I, I really like his version. I like his version as well as uh, his Donnie's. Well, I, so. I, I'll, I'll put it like this: Some people get college degrees and can't spell. Uh, yeah, this put that true. in context. Yeah, do I need to repeat that? No, I think no. It's some people get college degrees, but can't spell. So everybody, you know, anyway, yeah, let's get into the nice program, right? All right, all right, folks. So I missed you guys last week, but I certainly appreciate the crew. They did a fantastic job tonight. Um, we have a, a, a host of things that we will be discussing. Uh, at six thirty, we have a very, very uh, great group that's coming on. You guys are familiar with the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, Black, the Black Leadership AIDS Crisis Coalition. Uh, in addition to what we are going to be talking about, um, there's some folks from out in L.A. who are partnering with AHF and black and black fraternities and sororities. It is called Rock the Red. We're doing that from 630 until 7. I want to make sure that folks are uh, tuned in for that. And what we're doing is we're going to continue to commemorate World AIDS Day. 
It is very relevant to today's time with so much that's going on that it is negatively impacting communities of color. And just I just so happen to be an African-American. My wife just so happens to be a, Lat, a Latinx African-American. Isaiah kind of looked like he's a Latinx African-American. but I'm not. I, <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, though, it, 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 it all, you know, it all, it's, it's all relevant. So we're looking forward to talking to uh, Brother Mark Kennedy. Uh, we got Dr. T, who's coming uh, uh, out of L.A. as well. The Lynx, you know, bourgeois, you know, these are people who have been a part of the very fabric of the African-American community for some time and really take pride and stock in the betterment of uh, all communities. So we'll do that from 630 until 7. When we return, what's that will? We have to open up what's going on. Yeah. Kim Kardashian tried to get him off of death row. Yeah. It did not happen. I had no idea. Big shout to uh, brother, my fraternity brother, Bruce Montgomery, who mm-hmm. comes on right before me. Yeah. I had no idea that 30 people had been killed. Mm-hmm. Was it 30? Well, uh, oh, I think over 30 people have been over killed. Over 30 people have since, been killed. Has been, have been executed. Executed. By uh, Donald Trump since he's been in office. And it's the that most is since, the, since the last century that the president, uh, most executions that any president has done since the last century. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah. We, you know, we, we uh, gonna, that's, you know, that's what the, the plantation balls do. You know, you turn against them, he say, okay. And then you just mentioned that Texas just turned them away too, Texas right? just, yeah, the Supreme Court just denied Texas. Uh, uh, to re- uh, Yeah, to reinstate his, uh, his, his electoral vote. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, that much more. And listen, before we go go to this break real quick, I did want to mention there are a lot of people who are about to become homeless as well. I was on a conference call today with some of my colleagues. I've been looking at it in the news as well. Uh, if, if nothing else, I have to mention that. This is the, the, the season where we need to give out as much help as possible. Mm-hmm. Itch McConnell. Is, is it Itch? Itch. That's the, it's, well, yeah, it's McConnell. That's you the, know, that's he playing games on Capitol <laughs> Hill. Yeah, playing yeah. games on Capitol Hill. People yeah. are still waiting for a stimulus check. People are literally, Wall Street Journal, uh, I think they published it yesterday, yeah. are stealing just to get food. So yeah. there is a lot for us to unwrap in tonight's program. And then during the 7 o'clock hour, we have Miss Nicole Mary Moore mm-hmm. and her book. That's so wonderful. And we're yes. looking very uh, forward to interviewing yes. her. I'm very nervous to interview my wife. All right, folks, got to take a break right now. It's the Kendall Moore Show, 591-1690. That is the number to connect with us. We're back in a moment. Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation. Twenty-six minutes after the hour, which is the Kendall Moore Show, five nine one sixteen ninety. That is the number. Happy holidays to all who are out there. All right, so you've heard us talking about it, and now it is your block's time to shine. It's time to turn the lights on in Chicago and show us what your block is made of, so that you can win five hundred dollars in gift checks from our friends at ComEd. It's easy. All you have to do is post photos of your block, tag us. 
on Facebook at WVON 1690 for your chance to win. That's 500 big ones, ladies and gentlemen. You must, excuse me, you must share your post by December 18th at 12 p.m. So, single homes will not be counted. The winner will be contacted by WVON via direct message. It's lights on, Chicago. Show us how you can get lit. Ain't that something, V-O-N? We're trying to get everybody to get lit. It's part of W's V-O-N and My Block, My Hood, My City Block campaign. Powered by the friends at ComEd. All right. What's that, Will? We, uh, you know, we're going to uh, rock the red in just one second. But mm-hmm. I just, we got to just, g- give me give me your take, man. Give me a, a brief synopsis of what we okay, were. Okay, so uh, as we all pretty much have heard, the gentleman, a young man by the name of Brandon Bernard, he's, he was 40 years old. He was executed overnight last night around 927. And uh, he had been in prison since he was 18 for a carjacking. Uh, we know carjackings are happening very frequently right now. Him and two other young men were involved in the attempted carjacking in which the two young men shot and killed this white couple, married couple, in their car. And these gentlemen went to jail. Now, I think one of them was released, but the, was just recently released, and the other one was uh, executed last month or, a few, or a mo- two months ago. However, Brandon Bernard, uh, he was executed last night, and a lot of people believe he should not have been executed. You know, it's the question of the death penalty. It had been, it happened so long ago, and people were saying that uh, because of his childhood upbringing, and you know, they went to bat for him. You know, all of his, uh, all of the situations he had in his life that led him to that. So, uh, I'm not a proponent of the death penalty. You know, I, I never have been. I don't believe in taking someone's life is going to really solve the problem. I personally believe that uh, the family should have some say in that. But, however, I don't. from what I read, I haven't read that the family had any say in it. But I know a lot of Republicans did go to bat against uh, uh, Brandon Bernard being executed, quite a few of them. Uh, Kim Kardashian, has, have we have heard, she went to bat to try and attempt to stop it. Quite a few people, lawyers who defended, who, uh, who, who prod, who, uh, who, who, What's, it's the defense, and then it's the prosecutor. Right, right, Some right. Some of the prosecutors uh, uh, were trying to stop him from being executed, and at least six of the 11 jurors, uh, three of them have passed. Um, they were trying to stop his execution, and however, it didn't happen. The president decided to let them go through with it. Um, it's very unfortunate that something like this is still happening, and I think Donald Trump, with his record of the Central Park Five and calling for them to be executed yep, 30 years that. ago. This does not help his case in any way. You know, I hope this is not revenge politics on black people, you know, who didn't vote. How could it be revenge, Will? He show, he's always shown us who he is. Yeah, but, you know, he, you he, know he's other... trying to get a percentage, and then he said he was going to do all this stuff for black people, and, you know, he's leaving office. You Generally, when you leave office, you know you're about to leave. Hey, I would leave that you to the other guy. Sentences, you you, you, you know, commute you let, sentences. You yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, many of his friends are he going to let go? Are they going to get out of prison? You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> this guy, I, I, I believe you do. You still have to pay, do the time for doing the crime. Here's the thing with that. He gave the order for to kill them. That's what was told. He gave the order for his two accomplices to kill them. Actually, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to take a break. Okay. And I do. You know what? We'll pick this up, uh, everybody. We'll pick this up probably during our 8 o'clock hour, something okay. like that, just right. so that. But we, we at least we wanted to mention it today because it's right. it really, right. it should be a front page news the same way that COVID is right now because COVID-19 is still having a tremendous impact as well as the uh, vaccinations. There's been a lot of conversation about COVID vaccinations, who should get vaccinated, who shouldn't, black people, we don't trust the government, yeah. all of that. So when we return, uh, Rock the Red, it's the Kendall Moore Show. All right. Hoo-hoo-wee! Yeah, he said it. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WBON. What you want? I want Thirty-eight minutes after the hour, welcome back. It's the Kendall Moore Show. We are streaming live at thekendallmoreshow.com. We're also streaming at wvon.com, and we are a part of the iHeart family. Happy holidays to everyone. Rock the red, rock the red. Earlier this uh, earlier this month, matter of fact, December first to be exact, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, in addition to the Black Leadership AIDS Crisis Coalition, participated in a day-long commemoration of World AIDS Day. Uh, we had it from the Ruler to the Tudor from 8 o'clock in the morning until 8 o'clock at night. We had some fantastic people who uh, represented the AIDS Healthcare Foundation as well as uh, black. And uh, one of the gentlemen, will they're going to be joining me in just one second. Rock the Red commemorates World AIDS Day as well. And what I'm, what I'm so excited about when it comes to Rock the Red is that it really puts – uh, ownership and the onus of caring about people of color in the forefront with people of color who actually care. So it's a campaign that really, uh, that, you know, pronounces that we need to be uh, responsible for our health mm-hmm. and we need to recognize those who are impacted by HIV and AIDS and all of the issues that are uh, that surround uh, that cause. So joining me now on the live line is Dr. Thelma James Day. She's a member of the Inglewood Pacific chapter of the Lynx Incorporated International Trends and Service Chair. She's also my soror, a member of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the Far West Regional Director from 2001 to uh, 202. Inglewood Alumni Chapter. She's a global humanitarian servant whose purpose is to extend a helping hand of service worldwide with so much more that could be stated. If I read it, it reads like a curriculum vitae. Uh I wouldn't even have time to interview (laughs) her, but let me welcome. (laughs) Please let me welcome. Doc, how are you? Uh, Welcome, uh, Dr. Thelma. Brother Kendall, you are so kind. I'm very excited to join you to talk about the Rock the Red campaign. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of your show today. Oh, absolutely. We would not have it any other way. Big shout to your server, uh, Anita Castile. And everybody in the city of Chicago knows Anita quite well. Both both her and Brother Amara Kennedy, they do. HF does so much work here in the city of Chicago. It's pathetic. But it's an honor to actually to, to, to have you here today. Let's go ahead and get started. Rock the red. We're rocking the red in Chicago right now. We're posting it all over Facebook. Tell us all about it, Dr. Thelma. 
Absolutely, and thank you for rocking the red. And yes, you are absolutely right. We could not do this campaign without Anita Castile and Amara Canada, who've been very supportive of the work that we're doing. Well, let me just tell you, Brother Moore, what we wanted to do this year in commemoration of World Age Day. We really wanted to add our voices across the globe. We wanted to invite family, friends, civic organizations to join us. So the Rock the Red campaign is an anti-stigma campaign that's posted on social media. And you said it earlier. We really want to bring awareness. We really want to focus on those in support. We really want to honor those lives that are lost. So what we did is we created a public service announcement. We called out to activists and advocates to be a part of that PSA. Voices from both the national organization, our national president from the Links Incorporated, Michael Weinstein, the president of AHS, added their voices to the video, and other AIDS advocates and activists included. We had on that video a powerful message from Debbie Allen. We had Kim Whitley on, Vanessa Bell Calloway, Wendy Raquel Robinson, Lamont Rucker, just very powerful activists and advocates who lended their voices and really helped us spread our message across the nation. So we were able to do that. But more importantly, we actually did a call to action across the nation for family, friends, and other organizations. As you know, the D9 is doing a collaboration. We're asking members of the D9 to rock the red with us by putting on something red in support of our Rock the Red campaign and just show your support of awareness and those in, in care. You know, and for those who are not familiar with the D9, that is the Divine Nine of Black Greek Letter uh, Fraternity and Sorority Organizations. Dr. Day, thank you so very much for laying it out uh, the way that you have. Brother Mark Kennedy, how are you? It's great to be with you as always, Kendall, and hello to my sister, Dr. Day. Over, hey, holding it down on the west side, as we like to say. <laughs> Brother Kennedy, uh, it, you know, it's, it's amazing to have the both of you on the, on the live line at the same time discussing uh, such an important topic. Amar, you did a, a fantastic job when we discussed World AIDS Day. And I would, you know, just uh, ask you again to help folks realize the impact right now that HIV and AIDS continue, continuously has in, in devastating communities of color. So, you know, first, Kendall, I want to say thank you to you and WBON and the entire team there because you all continue to do what is so critical, and that's elevating the awareness of messaging around HIV and AIDS and its disproportionate impact to black and brown folks. And to, the Rock the Red campaign is so exciting and so significant because oftentimes when we have the conversation about HIV and AIDS, Women, and particularly black women, get left out of the conversation. Yep. And the good news, Kendall, is, is, as many may know, is that the incident rate of new diagnosis amongst women has declined in recent years. But what we still know that, according to most recent statistics of the new diagnosis, there's still 19 to 20 percent of those that were women. And then when we peel back the layers even more, we know that a number of those 
the new diagnosis is coming from heterosexual contact. So we got to, first of all, get rid of the misinformation that this is just a gay disease because it really does impact and touch so many different lives. And when we peel back the layers even more, Kendall, of that 19 to 20% of women across the country that have new HIV diagnosis, 57% of those are black women. So we're talking about of this percentage, the majority, I mean, almost close to 60% are sisters. So we need to continue to, you know, celebrate that there's a decrease, but continue the education and the awareness, particularly under the lens of our black women, around continuing to see that decrease. So that number of 57% goes even lower and lower and lower. And that was part of the reason why the Rock the Red campaign was so critical and so empowering and to hear the voices of not only those ambassadors like Debbie Allen, like Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom, like Kim Whitley, Vanessa Bell Calloway and others, but to hear from the sisters of the links uplift to their other sisters to say, we will rock the red together and empower ourselves sister to sister. So a big shout and kudos um, to the Inglewood Pacific chapter of, of the Lynx Incorporated for really spearheading this campaign and elevating it to a level that has rippled really across the sea. Yeah, you know what? And you bring up a very excellent points, uh, Brother Amara. Dr. Day, I want to bring you back in. When it comes to uh, the D9 and the Lynx, um, I would imagine that it was a very strategic positioning that you had in order for us to really start truly making inroads as it relates to the impact of HIV and AIDS in the African-American community. That is correct. When we did the call to action to the Divine Nine, we knew that collectively we wanted to recreate the village. We know the power of the village. There is power in bringing the Greek organizations together because they can then add their voices to ours and make a greater impact across the country. And basically what we're asking, as I said earlier, is for the Divine Nine, members of the Divine Nine, to join our campaign by rocking an article, an artifact, or something web. But more importantly, join your, your voice by adding to the awareness of the campaign. You can show your support by saying that I rock the red because I care about those who are in care. I rock the red because I want individuals to know their status. I rock the red because I really want to make a difference in my community, and I want to raise awareness. I want individuals to know what it is to be supported by organizations like the Lynx Incorporated and the Divine Nine. Dr. Day, let me ask, when, when we talk about knowing your status, why is it so hard in the African-American communities and other communities of color um, why aren't people, why don't they know their status as, as much as they, they should, in your, in your opinion? I think there's still stigma around it. I, feel, I think they, they feel ashamed. There's no reason to be ashamed. It is very important for individuals to go and get tested. I mean, we're promoting that. Get tested. Prevention is important. So it's important for individuals in their community to feel okay about being tested. Brother Amara, bringing you back, bringing you back in, uh, COVID and HIV has has COVID, uh, uh, you know, played a part in us not paying as much attention to HIV because of it. 
Well, I think it's the yes and, Kendall. I mean, what we do know, obviously, is that our country is continuing to see um, an increase in COVID-19 numbers. You know, unfortunately, continuing to disproportionately impact, yet again, communities of color. But what we also are seeing is a continuous steady increase in the number of new HIV diagnoses. So I think that that the, the focus of the critical focus of and the time sensitive focus of wanting to address the COVID-19 um, pandemic that's happening across our country has challenged the conversation um, around the HIV epidemic. But I think that is why it is so a blessing of the, the work that you and others in the media in particular are doing to elevate this conversation, to remind us, you know, that really there's a trifold epidemic and pandemic that we're dealing with. Of course, the COVID-19, of course, the, the, the ongoing situations around racial tension that needs to be addressed across our country and racial inequities, along with the HIV epidemic that is still disproportionately impacting communities of color. And I don't care whether it's Chicago, Los Angeles, Atlanta, New York, Cleveland, Miami, when you look at the statistics, the work that we have to do in black and brown communities around health disparities across the board is critical. It really is about empowering our community to take control of our health and wellness. And again, that is why campaigns like the Rock the Red are so important because there's there's nothing that connects us more in the black community than peer-to-peer, person-to-person, sister-to-sister, brother-to-brother. So this is what it was was all about, is just saying, you know what, I'm rocking the red because I care about you, and I want you to rock the red because you care about the next person and the next person. And really remembering that we are our sister and brother's keeper. Absolutely. I'm rocking the red right now, brother Amar. I'm letting you know, I'm letting you know that right now. Uh, sister, uh, Dr. Day, I'm rocking the red right now. When we return, folks, we'll take a phone call real quick and then we got to get, let our guests go. It is the Kendall Moore show. We're back in a moment. Kendall Moore on the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Happy Friday, Chicago. If you're looking for an affordable and friendly place for your health needs, visit Beloved Community Family Wellness Center. The Beloved Community Family Wellness Center offers health services for infants and adolescents, women's health, and senior citizens, regardless of your financial status. Medical insurance is accepted, and the center also offers discounts and payment plans. You can visit one of their two locations, either in Inglewood on 68th and Halsted or in Robbins at 139th and Kedzie. For more information, visit the Beloved Community Family Wellness Center website at bcfwc.org. That's bcfwc.org. Thank you very much, Netta. Returning back, Brother Amara Kennedy, as well as Dr. Thelma Day. Rock the Red, Chicago. Rock the Red. Everybody on iHeartRadio right now, I want you to hashtag Rock the Red. We here in the city of Chicago, we're rocking our red. You can check check us out live on Facebook at the Kendall Moore Show. We'll be posting uh, Instagrams, TikToks, and all of that throughout to my divine nine out there. Because many of you know I am a member of the Omega Psi, the 
Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity <laughs> Incorporated, the best fraternity in the world, as Amara laughs, because, you know what, he and I, we share something, you know, a little private joke. I know what he's going to play it's one of these days, but uh, it, it won't be Omega Sci-Fi. How about that? <laughs> None of us. I, I still have a lot of love and respect for the, for the brothers of Omega Sci-Fi. Doing <laughs> amazing work across this country. Thank you very much, Brother Amara. And, and matter, as a matter of fact, the brothers of Alpha Phi Alpha celebrated their uh, their anniversaries earlier this week. So big shout to the brothers of uh, A Phi A. Not trying to connect any dots, just saying that, <laughs> just saying that. <laughs> Nonetheless, Dr. Day, uh, before we get ready to get up out of here, um, the, the question was asked of Amara, you know, as it related to COVID and that impact on the West Coast specifically and with the links, how important is it for just people to continuously have their uh, foot on the gas as it relates to HIV and AIDS and black people. How do we put that in a, a simple text where we're not overwhelming them uh, with all of the information? Well, because of the COVID environment, you know, we're challenged. We can't physically get together. That's why the Rock the Red campaign, remote campaign, social media campaign is very important. Uh, we can't let this issue die. It's impacting our black and brown in our communities. We just have to keep moving forward on a social media platform, joining forces with other individuals around the nation, specifically here in Los Angeles. We have reached out to other organizations like Jack and Jill. We had an opportunity to speak to them and other civic organizations to come in and help us rock the red as well. We aren't giving up because of COVID-19. We are keeping our feet on the fire, and we're moving forward in a remote environment by spreading this message over social media. How long is this campaign running? The campaign is going to run from December 1st through December the 31st. And again, we invite those of you to rock the red with us by wearing something red, showing your support of those in care, showing that you care about this issue, and also commemorating the lives that have been lost. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, not to be redundant, anybody who's wearing red, rock the red. Rock the red. Hashtag it. Make sure you hashtag rock the red. This campaign is running until the end of this month. And show your support in commemoration of those who have lost their lives and those who continue to be impacted, which is all of us across this land, across the world. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and let's, let's make this a, a huge, what I would like to consider to be uh, a social media platform blanket. You know, we have so many blankets that float around as it relates to people who have lost their lives. We can make it a social media blanket. Brother Mara, let me turn it over to you. Give us some closing thoughts real quick. You know, what I would just say is, you know, what has been the legacy throughout the black community is to uplift each other and to support each other. So whether it's HIV, whether it's COVID, whether it's diabetes, we have got to not take control of this health issue, but empower ourselves to take control of our health, to live our best lives and to be the best persons and individuals and communities that we can be. So let's rock the red for HIV and then have that be the first step in empowering ourselves to take control of our health and wellness to live our best lives. Brother Kennedy, thank you very much. Dr. Day, you have the last word on this. 
I just want to say is thank you, Brother Kendall, for inviting us to be on. Shout out to my stars in the Chicago Alumni Chapter. We invite all of you and your family to rock the red with us. Let's continue rocking the red. Thank you very much. We appreciate the both of you. Happy holidays and be safe. Likewise. Thank, thank you. you so much. You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation, on the Talk of Chicago, Then collard greens. Don't nobody eat pork no more. I do. Oh, oh my God. Who's eating pork? Who's eating swine these man, days? Look here, man. <laughs> Will, come. Anything you want in moderation. Oh, my God. Anything you want swine? in moderation. Anything Will, you eating pork? Everything too bad for you, man. The steak too I'm pretty bad sure. Loretta, you eat, you're chicken, eating pork. The chicken got hormones in it. I'm pretty sure bacon is a food hormones, group by itself. Hormones, hormones. Hormones. Yes, hormones, bacon is a food hormones. group by itself. It's horrible. Oh, Damn, are you in on the swine, man? I know you're a sigma. No swine will touch the lips of mine. <laughs> go mob. Come on, Here y'all go. Yeah. Go around and, and, and he ended with go mob. Yeah, you see go what I'm saying? Go and get that gyro. Oh, the gyro ain't nothing wrong. The gyro is goat. Uh, it ain't it, goat. It's oh. lamb. It's, it's lamb. not even that. It's calf. Oh my goodness! A, a calf of what? Calf. A calf of what? Of a uh, of a uh, cow that's been shot hormones and all types of other stuff. <laughs> oh my god! Trust you're, me, you're justifying for the swine. That's I'm not side. justifying. I'm just saying too much of anything is too bad for you. You can drink too much water. As good as water is is, is great for you. You can drink too much and you can die. So I'm just like you know, everything, just everything in moderation. Everything in moderation. Don't get carried away. Oh man! And, and, and that's you know. So enjoy I, it, man. Enjoy that bacon. Don't get it. I do not. I'm gonna eat it. that bacon, that cheese, <laughs> and that egg. And oh yes, I'm gonna have a good time. I don't care what nobody say. Oh man! And my complexion still gonna be pretty. Look at you. There you go. Pretty Ricky is what they call That's him. That's right. Pretty Ricky is what willy, they call. Pretty Willie. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, WVON and the Greater Chicago Food Depository, we're teaming up to address Chicago's food disparity. Of course, the pandemic and people are going hungry. We want to help. Now through Thursday, December seventeenth, we're calling on all of WVON's loyal listeners to support 
their favorite personality as they complete in raising funds for WVON's special day of giving. Now, those personalities, you guys are very familiar with them. Of course, my girl, Perry Small, is what they call her, y'all. Love, you know I love me some Perry. I talked to Pierre about Perry. Perry is the first person who ever invited me on WVON. Well, she didn't invite me on, but I, the, the first person I ever hosted a show with uh, when her and Matt were doing uh, the Bad Kids, Baby Kids. They were doing that way back in the day at WVON. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, though, we're calling on all WVON loyal listeners to support their favorite personality. So this is how you do it. If you want to make a monetary donation, visit chicagosfoodbank.org slash WVON. And I'm going to say that again. Visit chicagosfoodbank.org slash WVON. And be sure to select which personality that you are going to be supporting. You can also simply text... The keyword WVON to 91999. That's 91999. And standard text messages, the rates they do apply. Now, to donate canned or dry food, visit ChicagoFoodBank.org to find a food drive near you. And I would be remiss if I did not share with you that your generous donations, they go to work immediately combating hunger and food insecurity in our community. Support WVON's Day of Giving as we deliver food and funds at the Greater Food Depository. Now through December 17th, visit chicagosfoodbank.org slash WVON. All right. Will, who you support? Kendall Moore show? I support everyone. Oh, okay. You should have said that. <laughs> what about what about Perry Small? That like was so I rock PC. with Perry. So, so it's Matt, it's Perry, um, it, it, it's it's uh, Kimberly of Going. I listen to all it is, you guys uh, Ernest, the day. Ernest Fenton. I listen to um, all you guys. You got um, and, uh, you got my girl. Now that, that's my sis, yeah. Samantha. Well, Samantha might want me to come on her show one day, so I just can't. You, not, know? you know what? Samantha and Delvin do quite well. Will they do? No, but well. not, not if they. <laughs> Not if I come on her show as a guest. Damn, you hear that? I'm going to light it up, Do you Sam? see him trying to make some space, man? I'm going to light it up, Sam. You know, you know what I'm saying? Bring Will, pick a side. Pick a side. Hey, you know Kendall, my man. I rocks with Kendall. Oh, oh there. Finally, he said it. Thank you that's very much. Man. Well, that's all I was asking for. <laughs> very simple. Samantha, very. call me. Oh, man. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, make sure that you do that, though. Visit, uh, visit ChicagoFoodBank.com. Dot org slash WVON and vote for your favorite WVON personality and write me in. <laughs> and write me in. All right. Joining me now, I do have the honor and pleasure of having a brand new author uh, to a children's book live in studio with me. Many of you are very familiar with this person because I talk about her quite often uh, in good ways. Sometimes. Nonetheless, uh, she is the founder of Girls Flex and many tremendous other businesses that exist out there. But more specifically, in particular, uh, I am honored to have her in the studio with the crew because uh, she recently penned a new children's book. 
and it has a lot of sentiment, background, uh, blood, sweat, and tears that are attached to it. And I am very proud of her work and what the book is about and how it came about. Without any further ado, please allow me to introduce Nicole Mary Moore. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Kendall. Y'all so cute. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Kendall. Will cleaned her space like like he was uh, my Abel's or something like yes. that. You know what I'm saying? Thank Look you, here, Will. the Class boss from Will. the corporate office is here. Okay, uh, everybody be on their best behavior. The, the year end reviews are being handed out. Okay, so we got to make sure we got the uh, the PowerPoint with the schematics and all the statistics uh-huh. and the next year projections on where we're going to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay, everybody got to be tight. Be tight. Oh, my God. All right. Nicole, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. I am glad that you are in the studio uh, with us, and uh, and I've shared this with you, and I guess I can do it over the air and out loud and live. I am very proud of you uh, for what you have accomplished. Now, I, I do realize this is, this is only the beginning, but... Um, becoming an author. Tell the folks a little bit more about you prior to you becoming an author. Oh my gosh, I wear so many hats. You all have no idea the kind of stress I have at home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's it's venting time. No, just kidding. Um, We have two um, newborn babies, so they're six months now, and that is the bulk of my time. I'm still working full-time. I work at a high school, so I do report uh, every once in a while to, to do my work, but for the most part, the twins and the six-month-old babies are really taking up a lot of my time. So I'm a mom first. So mm-hmm. let me go ahead and say that. And then I'm probably a wife second. Okay. So I have to deal with Kendall, and you all know Kendall very well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I have to put up with at home, 24 hours, 48, you know, uh, 365. So um, I, I would say those two things about myself are the most important, a wife and a mom. Wife and being a mom. Mm-hmm. So the most difficult about me, let's talk about that before we get into this book. What's okay. the most difficult about me then, Nicole, oh. since I'm since I'm difficult <laughs> at home? Wanna, I don't even know if I should say it, but I would, I would say your ego. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like that, so, 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 like that Beyonce song, he's oh, got a big ego. Oh, so he's a, oh, he's a Devo, yeah, he's a Devo. <laughs> his ego. Okay. Oh my gosh. Kendall is the man at the radio station and at home. Okay. Do we wear shades? Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> he walks around the house with his rap music on, his oh. trap music. Um, <laughs> Uh, crunk music. Get and on shades. my level. What? Get yes. on my level. And look at you over there acting surprised like you don't know. <laughs> yes. Your ego, babe. Yeah. It's big. All right. Let's okay. change the subject. <laughs> let's get out of there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, hon. So um, let's get back to the reason that you are here. Okay. Uh, and that is the book that has been created. Uh, you put out a post, what, was it last week or the week before? Was it last? I think it was early last week that you were, um, you know, your book was coming out. And your very simple message to people, in that you referenced that we had rainbow twins. And for people who did not know what rainbow twins were, you talked about it. 
And there were a lot of responses with regards to what a rainbow twin, what, what rainbow twins are, but what a rainbow baby is. Mm -hmm. So uh, can you please tell folks what you said in your statement? Well, in my video, yeah, I definitely wanted people to know what, you know, we see that all the time, rainbow babies and all that, and you may associate it with pride, but it's not. Um, a rainbow baby is a baby born after a mom has a miscarriage. So there's not always twins that come from that, but um, it happens quite often. And for me personally, it was um, a part of my inspiration of writing the book, but uh, it was difficult because of who I am. Like, I'm a pretty healthy person, and I eat well, I don't drink much, and I don't smoke, and all those things. And it was very difficult to admit that I was having multiple miscarriages, and uh, that is, is, is difficult. When you say that, um, a lot of folks might not know that, you know, you, you, know, you were a star athlete at uh, Loyola University. Uh, you mm -hmm. scholarship there, and you had many offers, et cetera. So when you talk about your health, that's a complete, uh, a whole nother story. I'm sure a book will be coming from that, and that you don't smoke, uh, and you don't drink. Mm -hmm. I don't even know why I married you then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, but, but real talk, um, when it comes to miscarriages, uh, that's something that has been very close to our hearts in our household, and we n we've never shared that. Mm -hmm. My colleagues here at WVON, from Pierre to Melody to the crew, uh, I, I never talk about what happens inside of our, our household, especially something like that that's so personal. So when we return from break, um, we're talking about your new book and what inspired you, mm -hmm. but I want to pull a little bit more out of you as to how you got to that point where you needed to write this book because of the multiple miscarriages. All right, folks, it's the Kendall Moore Show. We'll be back in a moment. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. This is not about me. Welcome back. Uh, five nine one sixteen ninety. It is the number. This is the Kendall Moore Show. We're here with the Lit Crew and, of course, my queen, Nicole Mary Moore. New book out. Very excited about it. Um, we went to break, and I was asking you a very personal question, and I, you talked about it on your, uh, on your post. And a lot of folks were kind of uh, wanting you to elaborate a little bit more about that. And how did that transform you into writing the book? 
So I would say um, for about two years, uh, we were having difficulty and um, a plethora of tests and no real answer. And I remember sitting at the office and like, how is this possible? Like I exercise and I'm doing all these things right. I eat pretty healthy. Like why is this happening? And it's actually a really common thing. People just don't talk about it. Like, and that is part of the problem because here I am and all my years of on this earth, I'm thinking, oh, people that have miscarriage, they did something wrong or they were uh, lifting weights and they weren't supposed to or, you know, somebody hit them in the stomach or they fell. But that's not always the case because that wasn't the case for me. It was just something that happened in the middle of the night and it was just like it was Mm -hmm. over, you know, and it happened so many times that we had stopped getting excited about getting a positive pregnancy test. And that's that's really hurtful because, you know, I had set up all this stuff for Kendall, like I'm going to surprise them with this test. And then days later, we would be losing the baby. And so it was happening. It happened about three times. Um, and we had gotten so far that for the last time we actually had um, a sack, you know, but there was no heartbeat in it. So that's called a oblited ovum, I mm-hmm. believe is what it's called, the technical term. And I kept going back for these ultrasounds, and there was nothing there. And uh, it was difficult. It was so difficult to just keep getting excited about being pregnant, and it wasn't happening. So um, that really led me to to being excited about the twins. When we did get pregnant, I wanted to wait. I was like, oh, I don't want to tell people too early because I didn't want to disappoint people by saying oh now we're not pregnant so that's a lot of the time the reason why moms they don't admit that they're pregnant until they're like 12 weeks until they hit that point where it's not likely to have a miscarriage they don't tell people then they just pop up like oh by the way i'm three months pregnant then you're like wait what Mm -hmm. but people don't say anything because a lot of the time that's the reason why they don't want to you know speak about it and then that happens so uh, nicole uh I know this, but perhaps not other people do out there listening, but you do have a, a, a older daughter. You mm-hmm. have a child, so you have given birth prior to the three miscarriages. Was there anything that you thought about in between having her and the three miscarriages that you you realized you might have did differently? Um, I would only say 10 years difference. Okay. Because uh, my daughter's 10, and she was um, on time. She wasn't um, a preterm baby. She was healthy. She's still healthy. She has no underlying conditions, no allergies, no nothing. And then 10 years later, I'm trying to have a baby again. So I would say it was the 10 years because not much had changed as far as my lifestyle. Um, A little bit more stress, of course. But um, other than that, that was the only thing that was really different, 10 years. So but you said a little bit more stress. Yes. So that that basically leads to yeah. miscarriage. Oh, absolutely. Correct? The stress. Oh my gosh. And you know what we're dealing with this year with 2020, it's just, you know, it's crazy and it's things that you don't predict will come up that they do. Yeah. The stress of being a new mom, the stress of can you afford to have a child? The stress of oh my husband's off work and what are we going to do for money? It's just it's it's difficult. Well, I can around. imagine that being Kendall's wife is quite stressful. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you know yes. so yes. yes. Oh, well. You fiend. Yeah. I'm I'm really happy to hear you say that this is actually something common that happens to women because a lot of women are ashamed and they don't want to talk about Absolutely. it and then they don't realize that there might be a whole community of women who could support them 
through what they're going through because they experienced the same thing. Absolutely. I've actually been advised when you get pregnant, mm-hmm. do not tell people until your second trimester. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so common among African-American women. There are studies upon studies uh, that discuss uh, the high consistency of African of black women uh, you know, having miscarriages. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have a doctor who's coming on the show tonight to talk about it. I can only say it you know, uh, topically, but uh, it, it really, th- there is something to the science when it comes to black women and them being able to carry to full term for a number of different reasons. And I don't want to digress, which is why so many people right now are afraid to get a COVID vaccine mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you just don't know what you what's getting shot in, in you, like real mm-hmm. talk. You just don't know what's happening with you. I want to move on to the next thing, and that is, I think, Nicole, you and I, we had a conversation, and I was like, hey, you know, who is this doctor? Do you remember me being paranoid? Like, well, who the hell are we going to, mm-hmm. and why is this happening to us? I think I started blaming a doctor because he was an African-American, and we were looking for a black doctor, mm-hmm. and I had some issues with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at everything. You're like, what? what is it? Why is this happening? And uh, it's scary. It's scary, and... When you want more children, you know, I only had one daughter, and I'm like, man, like, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. Um, you shouldn't have to go through it alone. I found myself, like, doing what everybody does when they get sick, getting on Google, like, what, does this happen to a person that's this age? Does it happen to a person that's doing this? Is it stress? Like, I found myself online going through all kinds of things. I mean, I even found this website that calculates the percentage of you not miscarrying after a certain point. Like, it would go week by week, like 50%. Now you're down to 35%. So then I found myself like, okay, I'm getting through it. I'm through week one. I'm through week two. Like, I found myself looking online, just panicking. Like, okay, once I hit that mark, I was like, okay, there's a good chance that this won't happen again to me. And it was just, it's just, it's, it's terrible when you do that, when you just online. The, the psychosis and the psychology behind uh, yeah. women who miscarriage and the rate of African-American females that experience it, um, again, it's daunting. It mm. really is. It's daunting. Uh, I don't, I, we're going to move on from that section because I know you, we, we're going to be discussing this book, but I want the, the WVON listeners to know why we're discussing this portion of it because when we when we move to the next section, you know, it just it makes sense. And I know that there are many other books that are coming out because uh, I've lived I've lived through that with you and your mate. We men, we go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we really do. I got to take a break right now uh, with joining us live in studio. Nicole Mary Moore. The book is Never Question. Um, when we return. We continue the interview. It's Kendall Moore. He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. And turn the lights down low. Let's feel the spirit. Because Christmas time is here. Sitting by the firelight. Let's hold each other tight. And feel the spirit. Because Christmas time is here. Hey Chicago, if you're looking for an affordable and friendly place for your health needs, visit Beloved Community Family Wellness Center. The Beloved Community Family Wellness Center offers health services for infants and adolescents, women's health, and senior citizens, regardless of your financial status. Medical insurance is accepted, and the center also offers discounts and payment plans. 
You can visit one of their two locations, in Inglewood on 68th and Halsted or in Robbins on 139th and Kedzie. And don't forget, they still offer COVID testing by appointment. For more information, go to Beloved Community Family Wellness Center website at bcfwc.org, bcfwc.org. All right, folks, welcome back. It's the Kendall Moore Show, 591-1690. That is the number. Big shout to the people who are checking us out live on Facebook at the Kendall Moore Show. Stanley Davis, Ricky Sales. What up, Rick? We certainly appreciate you all. Uh, Keep hitting us up. We'll make sure that we get your name out there and also uh, make sure that we show some uh, love and respect to you. To all of those who who are joining us live right now on iHeartRadio, big shout to you all as well. All right, Nicole Mary Moore. I kind of know her, y'all, um, just a little bit, <laughs> if not a lot bit. Nicole, I want to uh, – we're going to – you know, I'm turning the page, and I know Will and uh, Netta, they're going to come in on this. But here's the, the, the last one I want to ask you as it relates to um, the miscarriages, and just you, period, point blank. As a woman who – like, you were, you were that woman. You were the popular athlete, you four, you know, four-star recruit, got the scholarship, modeling, you know, on top of the world. And then for this type of thing to happen, how did that play in your psyche? Oh, well, it was, it was devastating. You know what I mean? Like, all of that, like, man, this is who I am. You're talking about I got an ego. Oh, my gosh. You do, too. But go ahead. Yeah. I mean, we, and, and the thing about it, it, it messes with your relationship and your marriage. Because we were, like, I'm going to be honest, we argued a lot. And we were like, man, is it because we're having these fertility issues or whatever? Like, we were arguing a lot. Like, it's your fault. And you started blaming each other. Because it's like, well, I'm doing this, right? Well, what about you? Did you get yourself <laughs> Like, it's not funny, but we were like. We but that's were, real. That we is were, real. Yes. We were like, I was like, and I, I remember one day that I cried so much and I locked the door on Kendall because I was like, you won't even do this one test for me. And I've gotten seven tests done. You need to like, and I was so mad at him. I was like, you are so selfish because I didn't been through every test that you can think of, all mm-hmm. kind of blood tests or whatever. And I was like, you won't do this one test. And he was like. Let me in. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it. And he did it. <laughs> because my manhood was tested, Will. You yeah. know, it's like I I was good. Like, I I think I was good. You know what I mean? You know when I say right. I'm good. You right. know what I'm saying. Like, well, hell, yeah. I know I, I'm, I got a lot of little sales coming out of me. You know what I mean? Right. So, but, but back to. But were you, let me ask you, were you frightened that it might be you, though? Were you? I mean, you say your manhood. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, but were you did did the possibility ever come up in your mind that yeah it might be me? Even if it was like five percent, maybe it was five percent. But I honestly, back to my ego thing, like did not think that it really was. But I had to humble myself to be perfectly honestly. I had to humble myself a whole bunch and start listening to my wife. Like, and just start listening, like, you know what? Because, I mean, it, it was incident after incident with Nicole and I. <clears throat> oh, I remember one that was just real bad. Oh, my God. We, and you need to say that for your other book. But that one incident that was real bad, and I was like, no, I already did that. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And you were like, and I think you were about to divorce me after that one. 
Oh, I was so mad. I was mad. But, but we can't talk about it right now because that's going into another book. Yes. I mean, I documented every step of the way. I actually had I kept a journal, and I documented oh. how Kendall made me feel at certain times and how – I, it, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole book that can be written on the documents that I took, just journal entries of how I was feeling in the frustration. So that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we'll turn from the dark side. Okay. <laughs> we just want to let you guys know how we get to, how we got to this book. Mm-hmm. So after all of all of that, okay, you sat down and you start pinning. Never question. Yeah. And How I, did that happen? Well, I remember that when we finally reached the point that we weren't going to, you know, the, the percentage of us having a miscarriage was not likely. I remember sitting in the room and I was upset as some Kendall did. I can't even remember what it was because I'm always be mad. I'm always mad at Kendall. Um, but I was sitting in the room and I was at my computer and I said to myself, I want to write this book for the twins because I never want them to wonder if they were meant to be, if they were wanted, you know, and as uh, adults, we get to that point in life when we question why we were born, what were our parents doing at that time? I know I have, you know, and to be honest with you, my mother almost aborted me and she it was at that point that she had made almost made that decision because she wasn't married. It was going to be her second child. And so she didn't know if I was going to be the per she didn't know if she should keep me or not and that's just the honest to god truth so when i wrote this book i was like i never wanted the twins to ever think that they were never supposed to be here think that their parents weren't together you know all those different things and that's where it started just sitting in the room and i was i was in tears when i was writing because it was so important for me to let them know how much i loved them before they even got here Five nine one sixteen ninety. That is the number. We'll take calls. Nicole Mary Moore, the new children's book author. Never question. She's live in studio. What's that, Will? Now, the Beretta, turn it over to you. So, who do you want to read this book? Who do you hope that this reaches and can really touch their heart? Besides the twins, clearly. Yeah. Because um, it was written for the yes, twins, yes. but it it it, it has reach to so many tentacles to in other spaces as well uh, give us the give us the, the the background and the creativity from it well the overall point of the book is just it, yes it was dedicated for the twins but the overall point of the book is to for a child never to question if their mom loves them or not to never question who they are in life to never question the voice that they have the color of their skin so there's different points of the book that I wanted to make sure it was very personal like I'm Puerto Rican and African-American. So in the book, there's a um, Puerto Rican flag somewhere in the book. You know what I mean? So I wanted to make it very personal about who I am, but I never wanted the the, the twins to question who they are. And so the book is really for, for moms to let their children know that. Like, you don't have to worry about this because mom is always here. She's your number one fan. And that is it's really for moms to relay their love to their children. How long did, did it take you to write the book? Um, I would say it got revised almost maybe six or seven months, but the words were so there, I didn't have to change much. Um, when it got to the point for production, and then I had to do more research about, you know, children's books have this many pages, and I had to add a few more pages, but it wasn't hard to add a few more pages because it was dealing with things that were um, involved in society right now. Like I said, there's a page that says, never question the color of your skin, and that was so important for me to get that page in there with the way 2020 has been. So I was glad to add that page. 
Um, but I would say it took about a year uh, for it to get to its final stages of being drawn. So I see you uh, ha have a, a illustration, mm -hmm. and it, it looks quite familiar. <laughs> I see, I see two children. I see four children actually in the book, and I see you, and I see another person. Mm -hmm. It had that person has hair. You yes. sure that's Kendall? <laughs> I, I sent the illustrator a picture of Kendall, and she oh. was like, "Well, let me just add a little hair to oh. it." So I was like, "Oh, okay. my God. All right. <laughs> this is Kendall in his younger oh, days." Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Will starting stuff. All right, he, he's getting me back for all the yeah, times that we're doing politics on the yeah, show. Yeah, I was just making sure because all my hair on top of my head is mine. Yes, it uh, is. Except, 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 except that, that, that black Beijing that go around that line. <laughs> But that's, I gotta tell you guys about the, the cover too, because the cover is big. I don't know. You want? Should I share that now? Yeah, please do. So initially, the cover was just gonna be me and the twins, right? Because okay. it was a book about mom's love for whatever. And then I really had to look at it, and I I told the illustrator to go back and add Kendall to it. And the reason why is because we see enough of African American families without the dad. And I did not, and you know, shout out to single moms. I was a single mom. I know the struggle. But this, for this instance, I wasn't there at that time. So I didn't want to have a cover without the man on there as part of a family. Like, we see enough of moms raising their kids, dads raising their kids alone. And I was like, you know what? I need him to be added to the cover because we are a family and we're doing this together. We're raising these kids together. And I did not want to not include him in the cover um, just because I felt that that was really, really important to show a whole family. And I really think that that is commendable of you uh, because uh, people go through uh, different instances and changes in life um, when it comes to marriages and when it comes to relationships. Uh, you know, I don't even have the specific statistics relative to how many single moms there is there are in comparison to mm -hmm. mother women who have uh, dads in 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 the household and so for you to be in that space at that time and to have the the foresight to say well now your dad needs to be on this page as well uh, and for you to share that yeah. Hell, I wasn't even finna make the cut. <laughs> yes. But you know what I Damn, did you hear that, man? Oh, man. I wasn't even finna be on the day in the damn book. But that's a really that's a really powerful image because a mm -hmm. lot of times when you have children's books or when you have anything that focuses around the mother, mm -hmm. the father's not included at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, really grateful that you did that because the kids also need to see that there are families that have the fathers that love them just as much as the mother does. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the first things I thought about was uh, those packages w or when you go into Walmart to shop and it's something for the mom and the kids. And uh, you've seen this where the white family on the package has the dad on there, mm -hmm. the, the wife and the two kids. And then the the black picture would just have the mom and the kids. Yeah. And, you know, that's... That's been notorious. They've been notoriously doing that later. So, yeah, I commend you on doing that and being woke, right. you know, to realize <laughs> that's, that's love. what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, that, that really is. And, 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 and that's why I say, like, it's to be commended because even when you're going through that minutia and you're going through that, that whole transition period, you, you oftentimes, we, we oftentimes forget, like, well, that person or those people, they still are very relevant uh, in our lives and so we don't want to immediately 
take them out of the mix. And so again, it's like Strange, like I always say, like really Strange. And I say that for a, an additional reason as well. Right now, there are so many families who are going through divorce because of COVID. You, they're really better understanding who the person that they live with. And it's a whole nother subject, but it's very relevant to what we're discussing here right now. Mm. Like, oh, my God. Like, I used to travel like 80% of my time. And to literally be at home 100% other than going to one of the clinics or participating with one of our affiliates, mm -hmm. you know, it's like it's I'm, I'm at home. Mm -hmm. She's at home when she's not working remotely. And it really it ties into the end result of this book. Yeah. Let's start with. Let me turn turn the camera back around because I want I want to start with this. I, I I have to ask you this question: In your mind, at what point did you say I'm writing a book? Well, once I had the idea on my computer and I got you know the words down that I wanted to have in there, I said that I had to finish this. You know, so many times we take on projects and there's no finished result. So I knew that this had to be finished. I wanted the twins to be proud of me eventually when they're able to see it. And it was just um, something that I've always wanted to do. I have all kinds of ideas. I wake up in the middle of the night and start jotting stuff down. So there's a lot of stuff on my computer. And this was one of the things I said I had to make sure that I, I seen through all the way. So how did you come to find the illustrator of your um, well, she is, the illustrator is actually from um, the Philippines, so I wanted to give other people an opportunity to help um, create my vision. Um, i seen some of her work before, so I was like, you know, I have to find this girl, and I reached out to her, and I, I sent her a cover of a picture, you know, a book that she did, and I said, is this you? Because this is how I want my characters to look, and she was like, I did that book, absolutely, this is me. And I reached out to her, and I sent her my drawings, and we were just, we were on. So you, you never physically have met her? No, I've Sent never her. met her. Okay. She lives in the Philippines? She does. Um, in my book jacket, I made sure that I wanted to include um, some information about her. So That's, that's wow. wonderful. Oh, wow. oh, my gosh. She was so grateful. She was like, you're going to put me in the inside of your cover? And I was like, yeah, I think it's important for people to know who helped me make this. That is so thoughtful. So, um, she, and it was plenty of times when she was supposed to deliver artwork and the lights were out there. It was storming really bad. And she was like, oh, my gosh, my computer's getting ready to go out and it's raining really bad. Like, it was so difficult doing that overseas like that. But for the most part, she she got done what I really wanted. And she was she was on point. She took my illustrations and she made them into what they are. So I'm thankful. It's beautiful. I want to read the book. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Are, we, are we eventually going to get to the, know, talk about the book? Or are we talking about the book? Right? As a child, one of the yeah. things that you remember most about a book is what it looked like and how it made you feel. And this book is just so beautiful. I'm sure the, the twins will remember how they felt reading this book even long after they stop reading the book. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for them to – I haven't even got a chance to read it to them yet. The only person that I, like, shared the whole book with is my grandmother. She's um, She was fighting COVID, and she's in a, a nursing home slash recovery. 
So I got on Zoom and I was like, Grandma, are you going to be the first person to see Aww. my book? Check it out. <laughs> and um, she's actually uh, kind of in a slight coma, so she can't really respond to me. Mm-hmm. But I just was so thrilled to share with her. And um, it was really emotional for me. So have you shared, you haven't shared it with your two older children yet? You know what? They're not that interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking because they're not. <laughs> as you laugh, right? As they're, <laughs> a you know part of it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's because they're. It, and they're it, not in it. That's they're the not in it. Yeah, but they, that's them, right? No, no that's no. Kai and Kamora. Oh, wow. Those are the twins. Damn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And well, the reason why. Keep up. The reason why is because no, it was I, for I the assumed, twins. Yeah. yeah. It's for the twins. Okay. And so I have stuff written for Morgan, my 10-year-old. I have stuff written for Connor. And there will be a time when that's for them only. Right. You know okay. what I mean? So I really wanted this for the twins. It wasn't that they were not included. Like, there's a page of a family photo on one of the pages. So okay. they're in there, but they're not that interested in it because it's not about them. Tell Will what Connor said when, you, when, he, knew, when he found out about the book. He looked at it, and then he was, like, going through, and he flipping through the pages, and he was just like, I hope the twins hate this. <gasps> oh. So, what I mean, we get all <laughs> that. It's because we, we have spoiled. Because he's not in the book. Because not in the book. Of course, and that is Connor, yeah. right? We have spoiled kids, oh, and, man. yeah, he was like, I hope the twins hate this. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Nicole, is. Mary Moore, I will, we'll be back in just a moment. Yeah, he said it. What? I thought you knew. Don't you dare touch that dial. It's Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. It's my favorite time of the year. And you know I'm rushing home to see my man. After the hour, it's only to be in this studio when we are having these uh, B B rolls going on. Big shout to uh, Isaiah. All right, Nicole. Uh, so the book we've been talking about what led up to it, how it was created, and the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's discuss the book in and of itself, and how can people, uh, how can they acquire it? Why should they acquire it? The website to send them to. Etc. Blah blah blah. So right now the book is available for pre-sale. Um, it's on my website, nicolemarymore.com/shop. S H O P. You will find um, a way to pay uh, Viva PayPal um, for the book, and it will be shipped. Um, I do ask that if you do order the book and you want it signed to someone, you have to send me a message. You can also go to the contact page on my website and just send me a message, and I'll get the email. If you want it signed to, like, a niece or nephew, I absolutely will sign it um, and get it shipped to them. Um, I do have it available on ebook. So if you're a person that has a tablet or your kids are using um, tablets to learn, you can flip through the book and you can actually order it on Kindle. Uh, or Amazon, you can order it through ebook. So that is available for also pre sale. That won't be released until the 22nd. So if you order it online for the ebook, you won't receive it until the 22nd. So a few days before Christmas, because I wanted the hard copies to go out first. Gotcha. Um, so again, that's www.nicolemarymore.com slash shop, S H O P. But check out my blog while you're there because there's a lot of good articles on there. 
and a lot of good tea about me. I'm, I'm you know, I'm gonna <laughs> have to go through there and scour that and make sure okay. that I'm bleeping whatever you're saying about. There's some tea about being a stepmom on there, absolutely. Okay. So, so earlier you said that uh, your son Connor uh, was questioning why he wasn't in the book, and he said that he hopes the twins hate it. And you know what? He didn't mean anything by that. He, mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and I told you guys I was going to say it while, while we were on the air. It's because he loves you, Nicole. And he was he was kind of hurt that mm-hmm. he wasn't in the book. He wants to do everything with you. Of course he does it with Kendall, but he wants he wants to do everything with you. So he's hoping next book you do that you do include him in it mm-hmm. with the twins, with everybody. You know, shout out to Connor. What's up, nephew? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Will on the mic. Yeah, no, you know. we'll, we'll, we'll oh, get it. There. Come we'll, on, boy. We come and play some checkers or something. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll spot on with that. Yeah. We'll absolutely spot on with that. Yes. But, Rutter, so I'm gonna I'm pulling you in as we get ready to wrap up this uh, this book piece because you do have daughters yourself. I do. Um, the interesting part about it is, um, have you ever thought about writing a book or et cetera? Not about them. I've thought about us doing a project together because my kids are hilarious. Okay. But I didn't have any experiences with my pregnancies or when they were babies that I felt moved to write a book about. That's why I'm so grateful that you were so vulnerable, Nicole, in sharing this with us because a lot of women and a lot of children need something like this. You could have easily written the book about you and Kendall's relationship going through this first. And I'm just wondering, why did you decide to do the book about the children first? Um, And it was really because, like I said, when I was sitting there writing, I said to myself, I remember questioning why I was created. And I didn't want them to get to a point in their life when they're like, did my parents really want me? Did they have me by accident? Like, I wanted them to know, like, I've wanted you for years. I thought about you before you were even conceited. Like, I just wanted them to know so much how much I love them. Like, that was just so important for me to get out first before I talked about anything else. I was just like, they need to know I love them and I'm here for them no matter what. I'm their number one fan. Like, I wanted them to know all of that initially, um, even though they can't read it yet. But I wanted that to be my first project fulfilled. Because you could have easily written a book about this yes. one over here and <laughs> spilled all the tea, especially while it's fresh with COVID. And you talked about how things can get a little volatile when people are at home alone together. Oh, my gosh. You get to see a that person for been, who they really are. Absolutely. That could have been first. At home, 24-7, 365 during COVID. You get to see them for who they really are. Like, Dad, this is what you do when I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Do one thing. Talk about some. <laughs> I've been working all day. I was like, you swept. You ain't. Did one thing all day, then talk about I'm tired. <laughs> cut the mic off, Dale. Cut no. the mic off. Cut the mic off, Dale. <laughs> Interview over with, did not. <laughs> Stay at home moms right. do not get enough credit because yes. you don't get to be just a mom. You have to be everything else in the household, too. Absolutely. So kudos to you. Yeah, as it relates to COVID, I think when it comes to couples like yourself, you know, only the strong will survive once this mm. is all over. We don't know when that will be exactly, but. Only the strong will survive. So it will truly be a testament to your love. Mm-hmm. You know, and I appreciate yeah. you guys. Appreciate well, you being you. here. Well, uh, yeah. That's and, wonderful. And Nicole, thank I want to say on behalf of myself, like it's really, it's, it's a pleasure and it's an honor just having you in the studio. And I did, folks. I asked her, I wanted to be the first interview because the book is fantastic. Um, I know that you've already given out the information prior to you giving out additional information. It just meant something to me. 
to interview you first for this book. I know we got people lined up already. Uh, you're going to be doing other interviews. They're going to have different questions for you. But just for what we are doing, uh, it means a lot to me. Um, oh, there was one more thing I wanted to say about it. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much for your support, and you are adding to the savings accounts of the twins because they're going to need that money. I want to leave something for them and not give them debt when it's all over for them. And, it, and, and, and let me say, put this part to it, too, and it's not just about the twins because when I look at my bank account and how much money we give out in our household mm -hmm. for other people as well, and I don't talk about this over the air at all because that's not the type of people that we are, that's what we do. And so for the teachers, I know the teachers across the land, they're going to get a discount as far as the book is concerned. Uh, the libraries, they're getting the books, et cetera, et cetera. So one more time, your website, how do they get it? And we're going to make sure we get it out. Sure. It's www.nicolemarymore.com slash shop is where you can find the book. Again, the proceeds are going to the Twin Savings Account. Wonderful. Very excited. Um, again, it's pre-selling right now, so the books will be ready to ship in about a week or so. Um, again, if you would like your book signed to your niece, nephew, child, make sure you send me a message on my contact page through my website or on social media. You guys know where to find me. Are you going to be reading a book for people who, uh, who, who request you? Well, I do, do a Zoom. Pre-COVID, that was my plan. I had my vision. I was going to be going to schools, doing a live read, meet the author. I was going to go to libraries, and I was so excited about all that until everything changed so those were my thoughts initially um i know that some libraries do have meet the author and they're doing the readings and things like that so they can absolutely reach out to me on my website if that's something that they're interested in i would love to do that i would love to read my book online to kids or do audiobook or whatever else that you guys can think of so i'm open to ideas all right nicole mary moore everybody thank you the lit roundtable is next he's hot He's mannish, but it gets no realer than him. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
All right, when you hear that music, you know what time it is. It is time for the nightcap. It is called the Lit Roundtable. The entire crew is here in addition to my wife. I'm talking about she's going to uh, spill the tea and all that. Everybody, everybody else just smiling around here and doing all this other stuff. You know what? I, I, I figured so, it out. So, Nicole, does he go to sleep at night with his shades on? Yes, he does. Okay. Oh. And he sleeps on his back so his shades don't get knocked off his face. Uh. <laughs> That's how cool he is. No, this is not true. This is not about Kendall being interviewed and all this other stuff. <laughs> right, that far too, nah. All right, folks, you've heard about us talking about it here, and now it is your block time to shine. It's time to turn the lights on Chicago. Show us what your block is made of, and you could win $500 in gift checks from our friends at ComEd. It's very easy. All you have to do is post your photos of your block, tag us on Facebook at WVON1690 for your chance to win $500. What you do, you have to share your post by December 18th by 12 p.m. Single homes, you will not be counted. The winner will be contacted by WVON via direct message. It's Lights Out on Chicago. Show us how lit you can get. It's part of WVON's and My Block, My Hood, My City block campaign. It's powered by ComEd. Isaiah, I. Yes, yes. All right, what's that, Will? What up, what up? Beretta. Hello. Miss Nicole. Yes. All right, everybody's here. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Lit round table. What are we not talking about, Will? So let's go back to what we were, what were we starting at with this? Well, we were going to talk about... Um, creative Christmases. Creative, creative Christmases. Christmases. Yes. How creative should a Christmas be? When we say creative Christmases, are we saying that People does not do we people don't have enough money and so they have to become creative when it comes to Christmas. Like what do we do? That's a good point. What is the definition of a creative Christmas? I guess uh-huh. anything that's not the, the so the easy thing to do is wake up, eat breakfast, open presents. What else are you doing to celebrate Christmas? You can also tell us what how you got creative with getting presents because COVID, a lot of people are out of work. They might not have the same Christmas budget that they normally do. So what are you doing to celebrate the people that you love in the midst of COVID? Mm. And, you know, our family, well, Kendall's family, we're doing a a grab bag, but it's all virtual. So we put our names in this list, and then we were able to pick, not well, the the system picked a person for us. And then we just got their address, and we're shipping the item to them. And then we're going to all open it up on Zoom, like, oh, Oh, I had you. And And kudos to um, Kendall's sister who put it together and Vivica and those guys. But... Yeah, we're doing that because we can't be together. So it's a great virtual grab bag. I think the website is called drawnames.com or something like that. You can add your people to it and then pick a person and then put your address in and it ships it to the person. Yeah. What's what's the limit? $25. Uh, $25. $25. $25. And you can pick your things that you're interested in. So like, I, like whoever got me, you, you can pick a wish list. So I picked like a water bottle, some stuff that was under $25, and whoever got me can see my wish list. So it's pretty cool. That's cool because the worst thing about grab bags is they get you something that you do not want. Yes. yes. <laughs> they get the most random it. stuff. Yeah. And then you got to give it to somebody else. Another tie, another <laughs> pair of gloves, and a cap. <laughs> right, right. To Nicole's point, though, under 25 and then they give you all of they – they give you an option of the gifts that you can get for under 25 bucks. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's included – what regards to uh, like if the shipping and handling is included in the twenty five? Do you know? 
Um, I, I it's most of the things that you click on is through Amazon. So if you got an Amazon account, the stuff you know that it shows you what website to buy it on. So it's pretty cool. So the twenty five dollars probably is included in the the shipping. Yeah. I like that idea. Creative Christmas. I need yes, to present that Christmas. to my family because they're trying to get together for a grab bag, and I'm not going. <laughs> but, I love y'all, but I'm but not going. But here's the thing. The other wave of COVID is coming. Yes. We yes. heard the Illinois Department of uh, Public Health earlier today that the second, well, the second wave is already here. Right. There's a third wave that is potentially headed our way because of Christmas. So, like, what, what do we do? Uh, Thanksgiving is all. Thanks. I think we're seeing the the effects of Thanksgiving right now. Yeah. Like we literally are seeing it. Like Indiana is off the chain. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Indiana is off the yeah. chain, and it's just right around the corner from us. Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin is as well. And well, I don't think we're doing a good job in the city of Chicago. There, there have been like two or three places that have been popped off already, including Alderman uh, uh, Tunney. Mm-hmm. Uh, his spot and Sather's his it, restaurant it, his restaurant and then let's not forget like the wedding that took place earlier this week and then there was yeah, a, at the hill, something else that, out in the suburbs yeah it was a yeah, hundred person like, wedding do people people just don't get it how do people not think that COVID is serious but yet and still um, talking about they're not going to take the vaccination I, I think it's almost an ego thing it's really an ego thing and you know they I, I hate to say it, but I think one group considers themselves healthy and privileged to have. Who's the, who's the one group? Uh, white people. <laughs> I do. I feel they think that they're because they be, have better health care. You know what I'm saying? They have better access to it. That they're not so much worried about it. Don't know? let's let's be specific. I'm not because trying to there turn are, it into race. I'm, no, I'm just saying but, be specific because there really there are a lot of white people who are without. There are a lot of people who are yes, on public is. assistance as well. So you can't just say but, white people. But, but if you look at the the weddings that were happening, the Ann Sather's restaurant. Come on, we know this those white folks. It's privilege. I, I told it's you about the gym. I was at the gym a, a month ago. Guys was. Didn't wear a mask. They got into it with the manager. The manager told me you got to wear a mask. They were white, you know. And a lot of people I see working out, unless they enforce it, they're not wearing masks. And I think it's a, I think it's a privilege thing, you know. It's, it's like we're not worried, you know. I think it's just for they're saying to themselves, it's just for the people who are not healthy, the the people who are not, uh, uh, they can't get good health care. I'm not worried about it. I think it's I selfish. I think it's an ego. I, I do I, think it's something I, like that. I think that. it's selfishness. Yeah, I also think this is like a uniquely American kind of thing, like the culture of America. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because a lot of Americans... Uniquely American. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, because, go ahead, I mean, most, most countries around the world don't even have to deal with this at this moment. He cleaned it up for um, me. I appreciate um, that. America <laughs> is kind of in this place where they don't trust the government. So anything the government says... And, and rightfully so, though, Isaiah. A, a, yes, and the disinformation coming from the government, and there's not, like, one spokesperson in terms of COVID. There's all this convolution of what COVID is, the risk, the symptoms, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You just don't know what's going on. Some people don't believe it. You know, Trump does his thing where he doesn't even believe it at all, so his supporters don't even care about it or follow those mandates at all. And there's an the element of privilege as well, especially when you're younger as well. You may think that you're, like, being right. careful, you're being safe, and you're not, like, around people who are exposed yeah. to COVID. But remember, people are still working. People are still traveling a little bit. And your bubble is more than just your house. It's the people you hang out with and people that they hang out with and whatever they do. You can't control what anyone else does or what the information they give you. So then Americans try, and then they also don't want to social distance, don't want to participate in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's all that kind of American you know, well, It's COVID fatigue, it's though. And it's also part of the fatigue as well because there's no support from anyone to help us out. I would believe that if they hadn't been doing it all along. 
they have been ignoring the guidelines all along. So I can't even say it's just. For it's me. an American thing, and they always it's, think, yeah. and they'll be like, "Oh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion." Black people, black people are into included it. when we talk it, about it. So you're American complex. thing. It is. Yeah, I would cast I would cast a veil. That's why I said American. What was two million people who passed through O'Hare and Midway for Thanksgiving? How many people are still like literally? doing, you know, their little uh, uh, parties in their private homes. Yep. And so they invite 10 people, 40 show up. Because they and they're not turning anyone I'm away. I'm not worried about it, and I'm, I'm young, and I'm strong enough to, you know. Well, these are grown people, too. And also yeah. grown people you know? as well. Some of them are steppers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm and people that, that feel as that they're healthy. Put that in the category. Huh? You know? Also, people that feel like they're healthy, don't feel like they're being safe. And then, you know, there's just, you know, asymptomatic folks as well who may be carrying it and may not know. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, like you're not only hang- like you said, 10 people are being invited. Maybe only 10 people show up, but there's actually 40 people there in terms of people that they've hung out with in a circle that they've been around and what they've contracted. And then that comes into your house. Well, and, and that spreads COVID. Like or that. if 10 people was invited. And then they also 40 came, people showed and up. Actually and then there's well. 80 people who actually showed up because <laughs> right. of the 40 people showed up. Black people, I, I'd be like, Will, come on over. Will, just you. We'll be like, you know what? Will, what up? Will, who is that? Man, Ken, that's my cousin, man. He was riding with me. What am I going to do? Cousin what am Rudy. I going to do? Yeah. I'm not going to be like, Will, well, you can't come in. Like, Will, man, he got on the mask. But at some point you have After to. After two drinks, the mask is gone. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then when it's time to go home, he put the mask back on. Oh, though. man, but now he like, already got that, COVID. That is a real conversation. Because I've determined, I've determined during the uh, drink with the 1800. And the, uh, and, and, <laughs> and the Hennessy, the tequila, that you are safe. You mix it both of Or, you know, oh, as long no. as we in there and we drinking the, uh, the throat sanitizer, <laughs> we good. Oh, you know God. what I'm saying? Everything come out your mouth is good. It's been sanitized. When I leave, I got to be careful of everybody else. Unless you're putting the alcohol there. in your lungs, I don't think it works that way. You know way. what I'm saying? <laughs> but the throat <laughs> sanitizer, the, the 1800 and the Hennessy no. apple. You know what I'm saying? No, it together, no, throw no. sanitizer. Oh, People man. are just aloof. They just feel like it won't happen to me. Exactly. That's how they feel. But yep. we are, we literally, so the oxymoron that, that exists with this, we have a vaccine that black people are saying that they're not going to participate uh, in, in getting vaccinated. Hmm. And people are literally saying this, and for good reason. We always go back right. to one, the Tuskegee experiment. That's the only right. thing that people can really bring up. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other studies that well, people can really let, reference. Let me say this. Please I was having this debate with my son earlier today. And, and, you know, he's all for the vaccine. I'm all for it as well. But here's the thing. Well, you people, will get vaccinated? Black people have a right to be. I uh, said, well, you get will the vaccination. I get, eventually, after a while, I'll see what's happening. So come on, t- walk me through I your timeline. Well, you said he, I don't know. Eventually, the could time be like line, four years from now. The time, no, well, probably not four years. Probably less than that. But what I'm saying is, it's to be to be determined because when they make a vaccine, you know, they should have had this in mind years ago when they made it. You know what I'm saying? They made this within eight months. You don't know what the side effects are going to be. We don't know. We're but Dr. Fauci about. told people that it was a black woman we who do created need it. it. Yeah, a black, <laughs> black man, too. But still, you Fauci still said, have to be. You want to be cautious. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm never going to take it. But you know what? People, like I said, people have a right to be cautious of the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? It was made too quick. It was made because of a situation that's happening. We have to get the economy rolling. You know, so Lori Lightfoot is sending CPS back to school. 
Yes. Kayao is back nothing. to school. But see, she don't she's have the teachers. The teachers back to she school. don't have the teachers on there has uh has like first responders or anything. People who need to get it immediately. If you're going to send them back is to going school, back to school, they should be able. Yes, but they should be able to get the vaccine just like you're going to give it to nurses and right. doctors. They're in the teachers. second phase. You, yeah, the second phase, but you see Tell me what the second phase. Oh, so the teachers school. are in the second phase. Yeah, they're in the second phase. The first That phase doesn't is, make sense to me. The first phase are the folks, that you know, are the, front, are, the, are the frontline workers and folks who have um, you know, have developed severe symptoms around it or are right. at risk of developing severe symptoms like older folks. Those are within like the first rollout of it, but teachers come right after that. But it's not a cure, it is a vaccine. Right. Yeah, That's the thing. Cure. It will they'll not they'll cure know how to you work. if you have it. And if you have it, you have it. The vaccine is supposed to stop you from getting it. And so if you already we have it, it, stops that it from might affecting be a practice right. of, though. But, and, and it's called the practice of. That's what medicine is considered. Yes. It's the practice of healing people. I agree with you, which is why I'm, like, really being, like, funny when I talk, when I say this. I don't want to say nothing to people because some people listen to me and they take me, like, right. hey, I'm going right. to do what he's doing. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that to people. But I have my questions for it. Mm-hmm. When Dr. Fauci can come out and say, well... It's a black woman who figured this out for us, pandering to the black population. Will, you know what? We were talking offline, and I I, I have to say this, and I'm going to share it. it, When, hold on, when the black preachers came out on television, mm -hmm. Will, you know, we was talking offline about this. You can turn your face up all you want to. (laughs) And them them Negroes. Delvin, can I get a whoop? (laughs) Hold on. And, and, and And them Negroes. Was was demanding that black people get the vaccine first? What world do you live in? Right. And you know, I wasn't trying to do politics tonight, but I I, I wanted to bring that in. How you gonna have them pastors and the preachers? You can't even go to their church yeah. and get no money because it's COVID and ain't, ain't nobody got no money. Right. And only a handful of them got a damn a food pantry that's they available. They ain't got no money either. How are you on television telling people that they need to get a vaccination though? Because they ain't got I no money. I have a, a personal problem with that. And that's where they messed up. They should never have fixed their lips to say black people first. Not them. They, nobody they, nobody should have said black well, people first. Pastors on a television. public servant, yes. Nobody should have said a black people servant, first. Because not, yes. black people already don't trust these people with these vaccinations. Why would that, you say black people first? That was a public first? servant's job. Why that, would pastors no. be the people on TV? Let me tell you why pastors are the people on TV who saying it. Because people still believe in their ass. And they want to use yes, us they as have a large following. And, and, and I mean, a, a huge, tremendous. But, Nicole, here's the thing about that, though. Even with COVID, right, even with COVID, people, unemployment, first of all, where is the next stimulus check? It's McConnell. It's not in it's there. McConnell. It's not in it's, the package. It's not even, it's nowhere. It's so people have considered. not had a stimulus check since uh, March, April, yep. May, right? Yeah. And where were, the, where were the black pastors and preachers when that was taking place? Asking them, where is it at? Where were our politicians? But now you got politicians saying, "I'm going. I'll take it on TV. I'll, I'll take a shot. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do it." And then you got pastors, right? Pastors. And here's what people do not realize, and this is not to vilify them. This is what people do not. Re- pastors. Eighty percent of elderly people go to the church, mm-hmm. and they believe in a pastor. Yep. 80% of elderly black people in this country 
That is an enormous amount. That's too much power for the pulpit. And they only open their mouths when they get a bag. They got money to come on Chicago television and say black people need to be the first ones in line to get this. Man, you take one. Well, some of them running and, out. And though. even if they did on television, Will, I promise you it ain't the same thing that they put exactly. in other people. Exactly. Right, right. I, Barack Obama, his mama, and everybody else, they could take it on television. It ain't the same thing that they're going to be sticking in Pookie on the, on the, on the, on the block. Right. Or on, on the coal in the suburbs, it's not going. It's not the same. We're, we're not doctors. We don't know what's going in, what's going in each person, because we also have to think about the placebo effect. They're putting some of this stuff in people for the placebo effect. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's real talk. And we sitting here, and, and we're, we're having these conversations. So I, I, let me just say this for the record. I am not against the vaccine, but like I said, I understand why people are leery of it. You know, it was created too fast out of this situation that's here, and nobody wants to be walking around uh, blind or whatever might happen right. in the next because year. Because they have told us that there will be side effects. Been, there are side because effects. most vaccines are developed over a course of like 10 years. Did you know that? Eight years. But yeah. Eight, yeah, eight to 10 years, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, well, so, you know I work so, in public health. So, right, right. So the course. whole IRB uh, process, the Internal Revenue Board, like you have to go through this whole process, which is why they were asking for special permission for this to even happen, right. which is why they were broadcasting it, mm-hmm. talking about the FDA, because the FDA will rush anything through. It was Donald Trump actually demanded that it be rushed today, that he make the announcement it, it for was, That's what I was trying to say a little earlier. The FDA did just approve it to be distributed and, like, approved in America. But and how much... How much does the FDA approve that you still raise your eyebrows at? No, that's what I'm saying. This is what I, as well, was talking about, like the vaccine being rushed and stuff. This is why I was and talking Pfizer about Pfizer like, is about an American that, company. About that, like American culture is like if we would have practiced social distancing and all the sanitizing, all that PPE stuff that was told to us before, like other countries did and had it under control, we wouldn't really be in a situation where we had to rush a vaccine in less than a year and have to have these kind of conversations. But now we're in this position where we have to question whether or not we should take this vaccine or not because it's been rushed when we could have just listened to behavior the first time. Well, I'm just going to say this. The bottom line is this. For the last four years, we had the wrong guy in the White House. And he dismantled and, the pandemic response And here's response the thing. Team. He dismantled a lot of things. You know, when you continually have a, the blood a, is on his a hands. specific person in the White House, they have foresight. Like, I was talking to somebody the other day that said, look, regardless of what you say about Barack Obama, his best thing he ever did was have the foresight to realize that viruses are, are probably the new warning that we have to worry about. You understand what I'm saying? It's not war. We're kind of too civilized for war nowadays. We really are. You know, and viruses is something that we have to worry about because of poverty and disease. So the thing is, Barack Obama had the foresight to see that we have to have some type of task force that can com- combat these type of things. And that's what's happening now. You got that guy in the White House. He dismantled the whole thing, man. We could have prevented this or shut it down so it wouldn't have been as bad here in America. But, you know, the guy in the White House right now, he just ignored it. Well, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, will, because it's now was shoulda, over. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And he's, yeah. he's on his way out. Yeah. So what do we do, like, right now in real time? What do you do? So I go around the table real quick. Beretta, it comes, the vaccine comes out, are you taking it? I don't know about that. 
Mm. I'm gonna treat it like LASIK. Y'all started getting LASIK 20 years ago. I might get one in the next five years. <laughs> you had 20 uh, years to experiment LASIK. on everybody else. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm gonna get the I'll get the vaccine in another I still 10 won't years. Get LASIK. But you know now they're forcing <laughs> you to do it to even travel, so it's hard to say. They're not forcing you to get a vaccine. They're forcing you to take a, a COVID test. No, there are a lot of places that are starting to roll out. If you have not been vaccinated, once the vaccine is available, they will not let you travel. Mm-hmm. Qantas Airlines. Qantas Airlines specifically to Australia, you cannot get on the right. plane. Well, I will, not be, headed to, I will not be headed to Australia. Dale, yeah. are you uh, taking the vaccine, man? I don't have much of a choice. I have to take the vaccine because of who I'm living with. I see. Okay. Okay, got First grade teacher, so I have got to take that vaccine. Is she going to get the vaccine, Devin? Uh, Is that mandated? Not The union has not mandated it, no. See, that's the thing with that, though. We're sending people into the schools, but and that's what they're worried about. Are they going to have to get the vaccine? You know, is it requirement? And you know your job can require for you to have it by law. So police, so first responders, right? Mm -hmm. Police officers. Fire firefighters, right? Um, you know, healthcare workers. Yeah, will it be mandated for them to take this vaccine? Because they're the first ones who are going to get it in the first place. Right. I'm going to go back just one step again. Pfizer, an American company, had to, they rolled it out last week in a completely different country because people were afraid and they did not feel like this was the right thing to do. They rolled you it out to, in Britain Tuesday. Right. Yeah, so okay. so Britain and Tuesday, Britain on, on Tuesday, you have to think about this for one moment. Mm-hmm. Think about it for one moment. Why did Pfizer have to go to another country for it to be rolled out? Because Americans are stubborn. We're not a part of that upper echelon of uh, clinical trials. We're just not. Well, see, here's my thing. I'm actually okay with that. And I say that because if we give the vaccination to all essential workers and they have an effect to it, who's going to take care of the sick people? Right. Mm -hmm. I agree. You see what I'm saying? If we give it to everybody at the hospital, all the nurses, all the doctors, and something is wrong with it and they get sick, who's taking care of the people at the hospital? I agree. I have a problem with that. And I've been saying that from the get-go. I'm like, wait a minute. That don't sound right. Mm. We're giving it to all these people that are taking that care take of the people, people uh, and we don't know what sick. the effect is going to be yet. And, and, and Nicole, I'll take it one step That's further. That's conspiracy theory, but. but... But here's the thing, though. But I'll take it one step further. i say give it to the politicians first. <laughs> no, it. don't give... <laughs> <laughs> no! Kendall, that goes back to we don't know what they're giving them. Exactly. So, right, okay. So, so we'll we never know. So we'll never know. I'm okay with them rolling out to the No, universe. don't give Let's it see to what happens the over there first. Right, look. We are about to create zombies. I'm telling y'all. We, Roll that's, it out that's somewhere else first. That's like I said, you know what? It, it, it's kind of like, but since they're, like Nicole says, since they are taking care of the sick, they need to take it, you know, and, and you know, hopefully. No, that's not what she said. But <laughs> she said because if something happens to them, who's going to take care of the sick? But you know? but like, but you still have to have them take it. They're taking care of the sick who are catching the COVID, you know. And the thing is, I I don't envy them, but I I'm a hundred percent for them. You know, the first line workers. They have been doing it for us, man. You know, and many of them have their families. Damn. You know, so we have to really oh, consider that. We you have know, to con- really, really consider. You that. know what's interesting, y'all? The reason that we're even having this debate right now is because 
black people don't trust the government. We don't. Right. Right. Oh, that's absolutely right. And right. that's that's that is the only reason we're having this conversation. And that's who they want to vaccinate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I promise you that. The only reason Dr. Fauci is talking about a black woman help uh, create this damn thing, pandering. Mm-hmm. It's us black people that they always, this is a human study. That's all I, that's all, that's what I look at it as. But we had to stop with the foolishness. You all had talked about this a few months ago, how we just jump on board anytime somebody black is on. Like, that's foolish. Oh, somebody black made that, so I'm going to take it. That sounds stupid. Don't make sense. Sounds really that sounds stupid. And we got to stop with that. We got to stop with that. And we don't have enough And that's, that's why they do it. That's why they think they're going to get us. They'll be like, oh, tell them that somebody black made it. They'll take it. Like, that anyway. And the same, like the same doctors who sell us, the same doctors who are black, who sell us Viagra, uh, what, what's the other pills, Will? I don't need them. I don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 but you, I don't know what you're talking about. Y'all get it, though. I don't know what you you're talking about. The same doctors who push that, the same doctors that push birth controls, <laughs> oh, the same right. doctors the, that push. So you're saying the pharmaceutical in, the industry pharmaceutical is pushing it. The pharmaceutical companies who pay the black yeah. doctors in addition to the white doctors. Yeah. It's money to be made. Yeah. Pfizer's stock is up. Uh, four, fourfold. Understand, this is a Madur- vaccine. Ma- Moderna, like, Madora, what is it, uh, Isaiah? What? The other company? This is in second place. Moderna? Moderna. 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 Yeah. yeah. They're up uh, fivefold. Yeah. It's but money to be made and lives to be lost. It's not a cure. Like, it's a vaccine for polio. It's mm-hmm. not a cure Everybody doesn't get cured. But, well, a polio was 100% curable. Well, polio it's not was basically cure. eradicated. It was right. one of the first things but eradicated. You, but you have to get a flu shot every year. Do you have to get a COVID shot every year? You know, it's... it's. Are we talking about that? Like, do you have to get shot? Because the you way that they get... You probably might have the, to because it's be, in the environment but, now. But here is the thing, right? For those who have never received a flu shot, right? Never received a flu shot and still does not catch the flu. Yep, I they still flu don't shots. catch it. Well, they put that I ain't never fear. Took a flu shot. They put that fear in you that when you do, it's gonna be bad. And they never had the flu. And I, we've never, I've never taken a flu shot either. And I ain't never had the flu. Never. Yeah. But you have to take one every year because they said it, it mutates. Right. Can you understand? But this you is know, why right. people are afraid of this. Stuff. Do you know how many people still die of the flu? Like, a lot of people still die of the flu. And it's a lot of people who are asymptomatic who will not die from the flu. Yeah, the carriers. And, and But that's what's so, like, you know, it's it, like it's, it's, it's yeah, so questionable it's right now. Yeah. It really, really is. And it's a, perfect, it's a perfect storm right now because businesses are losing money. Mm-hmm. Businesses are shutting down. We do not, there is no stimulus package in place for anyone. Yep. Businesses will never come back. And it's not even being considered. A, another $1,200 check is not even What being is considered. that going to do? We ain't even start talking about the people who are going into the stores to and steal. Shoplifting. Yep. They got, they, Will, you got full-time dads mm-hmm. who love their family, mm-hmm. daughters in college. Son in eighth grade got a pink slip because the business that he was working for, it went under. Unemployment is about to run out, and then there's no stimulus package. So after you get your stimulus package, and that money is gone because you already robbing Peter to pay Paul, and I'm talking to everybody. I ain't just talking to Will. But we really need to look at this, and then we haven't even broached the, the, the concept of people 
losing their homes. Right. Well, People are being evicted at astronomical rates across the country right now. California, Texas is the worst. Right. They putting so they done figured the game out. They figured the loophole out. They said, you know what? Before any legislation can kick in, we finna put them people out their house. Cause I'm not finna they're not about to squat in my house. Mm-hmm. We kicking them out of their house and then we'll we'll deal with the we'll deal with the repercussions later. Same thing happening in California, same thing happening yep. in Florida. JB and um JB Pritzker and Mayor, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. They are very progressive in what they are doing right now. Mm-hmm. But after so long, you know, it's going to run out. The problem is that nobody's willing to take to, to just take that loss, you know. And unfortunately, my personal opinion. But the government should, owns the damn homes anyway. Fannie Mac and Freddie Everybody gets reset to zero. And start over. You're not going to be too any, much like right. You're it not going to be less. They're not about to put black people and white people on the same right. pedestal. They it didn't just even not, require. We're not about to have the same credit right. scores as they do. That would be the that a would moratorium would have been, been nice. A moratorium, a freeze. Yeah. So it doesn't accrue exactly. any debt. Is key to it. It's not about to happen. Yep. That's what needed to happen for them to just stop it. Just stop it so that you all can figure it out. Because clearly you still haven't figured it out. Right. Just stop allowing people to put people out of their homes because they can't make a payment. No one can make a payment. The companies who are putting you out your home can't even make their payment. So at some Bro. point, they should have just stopped it. What I don't understand is when you put somebody out of home, do you really think somebody's going to come in right away in this climate and want to rent it? Want to rent out that? But the, I don't but, see that but happening. The, but the opposite side of it is there are so many people who are just sitting in their homes. Yep. There are so many people who are just sitting in their homes. They can't afford them. And the government is paying for them to live in their homes. They can pay for their mortgage. But what they can't do, they can't pay for their light bill. Yeah. They, they cannot pay for their water bill. Right. So water getting cut off. Right. Lights are getting cut off. But if you don't have any money coming in. Right. Do right. y'all see what I'm saying? Like, right. it's not just one simple thing. It's everything. Right. Like, hell, I can keep my house, but I don't got no money to pay my water bill. My water bill, $3,000. I got a twenty, a twelve hundred dollars. Matter of fact, I had a few kids. I got fifteen hundred dollars, but I, I had to feed my kids. Right. Where is it going? Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Where's the money coming from? And 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 while we talk about the the, the rah rah, hey hey, we need a stimulus uh, bill that's going to cover unemployment and that's going to cover a stimulus package. Once that when you get it, it's already burnt. Right. Yeah, like all those people that um they've been sending them letters to to return that money that they got overpaid right, for unemployment. Right. They like, oh, we spent that twenty thousand. Yeah, <laughs> where I'm gonna come up with that much money? You know? It's been on the news several days in a row about people having those letters saying that they were overpaid by uh, unemployment and they have to pay it back. They'll wow. never see that money again. Thousands, they will, thousands of dollars. Yeah, they, they they will never see it they'll again. They'll try to. They'll try to. What they'll try to do is put it on their credit report. What? Who cares That's about crazy. credit That's report? What they'll try to do. It's, it's going to be you beyond the credit report. But I, I've heard reports of people owing like thirty-one thousand yes, dollars. Crazy amount. If someone cannot feed their kids, they do not care about a thirty-one thousand dollar debt on their credit report. Right. Right, you do what you gotta do to survive. Absolutely, you know, but that's what's going on. But yeah, I don't see how they think they're gonna get it back if, once you've given it out. Look, yeah. these are these are different times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a virus has not ever hit us in a hundred years to this capacity. You know, 
honestly, and I hate to say it, I don't want to think of people to think that I'm just trying to brush it to the side, but I think some of this stuff, we need to let it go. We need to write it off and go back to zero. Everybody goes back to zero, and we start over because it's what it is. White people ain't going to let you do that. They're no. not going to let you I got to take a break, but listen, this is what I want. I, I agree with you 100%. 2020. We need a reset button on 2020. It just needs a reset Everybody button. Everybody. And I'm not in debt tremendously or yeah. nothing like that, but I'm just saying. We need we a need reset button that. on 2020. So you can have some stability. If you just holding that over somebody's head, 3000 from 2020, 4000 100000 from 2020, hey, man, realistically, you're never going to get that money. That person will die, and you'll never get it. The small businesses, they need a reset on their businesses. Yeah. They need they need debt. Forgiveness. Yes. People who have been laid off, they need debt forgiveness yes. on their mortgages, on their, their water water bills, on their light bills. It, it needs to be debt forgiveness. Yeah. Because there are people, creditors are coming. Right. And it only is going to make them even more rich. Yes. Those are the folks who 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 flip-flop the mortgages. Those are the folks who who, who put well, you're at a 712 now versus an 826. Do you, do y'all get it though? Right. And I so we the, we're, we're talking like we 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 be, we be talking like apples and oranges when we talk right. about man, f twelve hundred dollars. Right. What twelve hundred dollars gonna do for a person who's like eight months behind on a water bill? See, I, think I don't want to talk about their mortgage. I think the federal government government needs to incentivize um, the people who are like, businesses who get hit like that. You know what I'm saying? If they have to, because it's like a write-off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you have to go back to zero, they, they lose the profit. You you have to be able to write it off. You know, but let's be re- realistic. You can print up more money, man, and just get the economy going. We got to keep the economy going because that's how you destroy a country. You destroy their economy. If well, you destroy how they make money, which is what COVID has done, you, you can forget about it. Well, you just talked about uh, Donald Trump's diary, diary of economic. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's a book no, out. Donald Trump's it's a book out called Diary of an Economic Hitman. It's very well known. Everybody knows about this book. I read it in college years ago. Diary of an Economic Hitman. It talked about a guy and how he went to other countries. He was a CIA guy. He went to other countries and how he worked in the government and he actually would destroy their economy to be able to infiltrate that con- that country. Yeah. They, they, Donald Trump was trying mm-hmm. it, and yeah. people still didn't vote for him. Dale, we got to take this last break real quick, and uh, we'll be back in just a second. It's a lit roundtable. It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. Five nine one sixteen ninety is the number. It's time for the lit. Well, we are in the middle of the lit roundtable. 
We started off with something completely different from what we ended up getting into. That's what we lead to. We start off and then lead to something. But but you didn't even finish the last conversation. That's the part. What was the last conversation? (laughs) About Creative Christmas. Oh, Creative Christmas. I don't know how we just shifted right right in the middle. Hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough out here. There's some people out here who are still looking for ideas for their Creative Christmas. All right, so let's get back to Creative Christmas. Thank you for bringing <laughs> us back. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sorry for the callers. I, I, I apologize for that. Are y'all people... finished yelling at the establishment about no, vaccines? I, uh, I have to make a correction. The book was not called Diary of an Economic Hitman. It was called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And I think people need to read that book, especially black people, to see how things work is it a memoir is it a a memoir by a guy that worked for the cia so this is non-fiction tells you how to just no it's not it's non-fiction exactly it's uh and he tells you how he has he worked in the cia he destroyed economies all over the world or he disrupted them you know and that's all i don't know about that well, Do I trust know, this book? It's, Do it's, I trust somebody who would write a book like that? It's good political. Did he have a ghostwriter or something? Like, no, why would you it write this actually, book? It's good, it's good political thought. He might have changed his name, but it's 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 a true story. It's a okay. true story. And, and like, as I alluded to prior to us going to break, yes. uh, again, I think Donald Trump was trying to uh, take a page out of his book, because, but it backfired. It did not work. Yeah, you know. It, you it, know. it, it just didn't. It, it, it did not. So... And so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's the last of the Mohicans okay. with Texas and what happened with him today. So let yeah. me let's get back to this other thing because we only got a couple <laughs> more minutes. Okay. Right. So a creative Christmas. What would be your creative Christmas, Nicole? Um, we're doing it. We we got creative Christmas going on right now. I'm always. I know doing you mentioned it. it, but give me another one. Well, I'm always doing art projects with the kids. Um, just recently, I did the twins' uh, footprint, and I made little reindeer with them. So, you know, googly eyes, red things, you know. You ain't sounding enthused nose. about it, though. No, I'm just saying it's just something that I always do, so I'm not that enthused about it. But, I mean, if you're looking for ideas to do crafts and stuff with your kids, I think that's a good idea. You're stuck in the house, and you can't go visit relatives. You know, there's lots of uh, creative ornament stuff at Hobby Lobby and Michael's. Mm-hmm. I'm always about that. Grab some paint and grab you um, a few items at one of those stores and just do something creative with the kids. They love doing stuff like that. Do you ever post anything like that on your blog? No, I don't. I need to do more of that. I, and the part of the reason is because I'm always the cameraman and the person. So unless I have to beg somebody to take a picture or record this video for me, I'm doing both. And that's difficult. That's so. beautiful. What I'm doing for Christmas this year is hanging hanging the little the little liquor bottles on the Christmas tree. Well, you don't year. even drink. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? These little Smirnoff and the little Hennessy. You don't they're, even they're, drink. They're, they're, they're very no decorative. <laughs> That's what I'm doing for Christmas. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Uh, uh, but it, will Christmas be, to, to uh, many people, what... Obviously, it's not going to be what it was once before. It's a different Christmas. It's a different type of Christmas. Will we ever recover and it go go back to what it was? Because we were already headed into a black place with Christmas. Once, you know, uh, people became woke. Right. And I think we talked about this a couple of shows ago. That Kwanzaa and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were like, you know, well, hell, I, I know ain't no Santa Claus, but do I spoil it for my kids? So do are, are we? We were already headed to a black place where Christmas was going to be reversed anyway. It really was going to be what I, it was. I think it takes, and that's just gifts. 
people giving each other's gifts. It, it takes time. It takes generations. I think eventually we, we will, black people will move away from Christmas mm-hmm. as we become more educated and more awakened. You know, my son, I remember him when he was like four or five years old. And I tried to talk that Santa Claus stuff to him. And he gave me the biggest smile and said, Daddy, there ain't no Santa Claus. <laughs> I remember that. And I'm like, kid, but yeah, Santa Claus. He's like, uh-uh. It ain't happening. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right, kid. I got you the uh, the Game Boy and all that stuff. So, you know, he ain't never believed in Santa Claus. Maybe that first year when he was born, maybe that second year, kids don't know any better. But, yeah, I remember that vividly. He was about five, and he told me, ain't no Santa Claus, Dad. Just give me the cash. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> I wish we had more time. To be, I, I wish we had more time. He was on You remember what, that kid? <laughs> what immediately came to mind are those kids who live on the block, right? They live on the block, and they, they, their their counterparts probably get toys, and they don't. Mm. And their parents or whatever house they're squatting in. They they don't believe in Christmas, mm. and and believe in it in the sense that there's a Christmas tree, there's gifts and there's love and sharing and the whole spirit of Santa Claus, and then they go to school with these other kids, and then they're a little bit more advanced than your average uh, nine or ten year old, and then they just spill the beans like, hey, this is not happening in my home, and then make them feel a certain type of way because. They not getting anything at their home. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now, you know, now it's all blown up. And so now it's it's out the window. But to circle back, now we're older and we know there's no no such thing as that. But we still try to capture the true essence of it, even though we know what the reality of it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think only because it's the tradition. We're social creatures. We're creatures of habit. If we Speaking of creative Christmases, if we found a way to create our own traditions, it wouldn't mean so much. We only do it because that's the way that we were socialized. You grew up, you knew about Christmas. You knew about Santa Claus. You knew about giving gifts. How many other holidays do you not celebrate of other cultures that you just don't even care about? But Christmas is in your face. It's one of those that you just know about your entire life. So Trillion it, dollar business. It just seems like you're supposed to celebrate Christmas. But as black people, we don't have a lot of traditions. We adopt the traditions of the company of the country that we're in. It, and the it, companies, you're it right. It might be because there's something at the end of it. You know, all this anti- a- anticipation, and then on the 25th, you get a gift. You get something. And that might be why it's so popular. But we could because do Because you it. don't do that on Thanksgiving. You don't do it on Halloween. You don't do it on the 4th of July. But, don't get but on Thanksgiving, you have Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, dinner. but it's not on the Halloween, same you dress as up. getting so something Christmas custom for you. So Christmas is in the same vein you. of those other things because you're still creating traditions in your family based on someone else's yep. traditions. But I'm saying that's so probably why gifts, we, why does it we have are to be? connected to it. So, so because it's a, it becomes a personal and individual thing for us. You why know? does it have to be on Christmas, though? Why does it have to be on yeah, Christmas? Yeah, make it on New Year's and get all the Christmas sales. Make it in April and, you know, just create something of your own. You can still give gifts, but why does it have to be on Christmas because right. somebody told you to? Well, I mean, you, you're talking about a cultural thing, though. We're talking about, like, Kwanzaa. It's, what's it, seven days of Kwanzaa? Yeah. You know, I so mean, and that was recently created, what, uh, 20 years 60s, ago? In the 60s. 60s? Okay, so like 60s. 40 years ago. And yeah. it really still is not it really, really true. But it's truly, catching on every year, and we have know, Kwanzaa it, festivals every year. But 40 years, though, what I'm saying is it's taking a long time for it to get some oomph right. 
oomph behind it. Generations. This, it's a generational thing. Everything eventually. And it's not being it's taught. It's a generational mm. thing. Exactly. But it's being taught. Exactly. It's not you being practiced. It is not. It's not being, not it's not being put on is. television. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Target, Walmart, they're not talking about it. Right. We celebrated here at WVON. We're supposed to. We're, we're black on radio station. We are supposed to celebrate that. But anybody outside of it knows that it, Kwanzaa is yet one of those other things right. that has been a man-man created. It's the other holiday. A holiday. But yeah. a lot of people are not. And you know the interesting thing about that is that black people, we are we not into spirituality? Are we not into equality? Are we not into uh, kindness? Are we? You know what I'm saying? Like right. all of those things that does not cons- that we don't need gifts for, but we don't want to participate it, participate in it. You know what I mean? Like there, it, it, there needs to be time for a bigger conversation. But here's a here's the question I want to ask: mm-hmm. Does it make you less black? I'm starting with you, Isaiah. Does it make you less light skinned if you do not celebrate Christmas? I don't see why I would not. Why why I would make me less anything by celebrating or don't? I mean, this country is very religious and it kind of follows the backbone of that. So I think that's why Christmas is so big as well. In addition to this consumerist kind of um, ideology and trying to sell stuff and proclaim Santa Claus and like get people to buy gifts and all that kind of stuff, buy Christmas trees or whatever, um, but I don't think it makes you any less anything if you celebrate or don't celebrate anything. Where where you at with it, man? I'm black, 24 hours, 366 days of the year. So, so knowing what you know, you still will celebrate Christmas. Uh, you know what? I'll celebrate it as a as a national holiday. You know what I'm saying? I'll still celebrate Kwanzaa. I celebrate Kwanzaa. You know. Many people celebrate Christmas and then they celebrate Kwanzaa right after, afterwards. Black people, so you know it's a it's a cultural. Black thing for people us. celebrate St. Patrick's Day. What, that's kind of different. <laughs> we, we, cel- <laughs> we celebrate that with the people who created it. No, we, we don't celebrate. celebrate it. I get. It. You know what I'm saying? We celebrate it with the people who created it. We say, okay, I. I've been joining you too. You and his accent, no. That's I, not it. I've been joining you. Yes, I have it. Yes. You know, I'll, yeah, yeah. We celebrated with them. You know, it's free drinks, man. But you gonna turn that down? Right, right, right. Here, here. There you go. All right, Nicole. Does it make you less black? If you do celebrate Christmas. No, um, I think I would go back to what you guys were talking about as far as if you were brought up that way, then that's just kind of what you're used to. So I don't think it makes you less black or anything like that. If that's what you, if that was what brings joy to your heart, if that's what makes you feel good during tough times, then go ahead and do it. I'm always for that. Bring happiness in whatever that looks like. And that's your opinion and that's your business and go for it. You just made me think about something. I'm, don't don't let me forget that. Netta, what about you? Uh, absolutely not. It does not make you less black. It's hard enough being black in this country, period. Probably in this world, but this is the only country that I've lived in, right? So I, what I do have a problem with is black people who are, quote, unquote, woke, making other black people feel inferior because they don't know as much or they don't do things the same way that they do. If you want to educate people and get them to come to your level of realization, then that's one thing. But don't try to make somebody feel like they're less black because they do something differently than you do. When we all are going through the same struggle of trying to figure out who we are. You know, I so feel that. I've always, I've oftentimes stated, just because you wear a koofy don't mean that you you right. Nope. <laughs> At all. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Just because you wear a koofy don't mean that you're right. All right. Well, shout out to all the whole tips out there. <laughs> and you know. that is some real, some real, some real, some real. 
I was about to make a joke, but I ain't going to mess up the show. <laughs> Carumba, my brother. Carumba. I am not going to mess up this show. I have not. All right, so uh, big shout. Let me give some shouts out uh, tonight. want to thank um, uh, uh, our guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Thelma, who was on, uh, brother Mark Kennedy. Um, Nicole, thank you for stopping by. No problem. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Give us, a, give, you, give us the website and where people can purchase the book from again. My blog is NicoleMaryMoore.com. You can purchase the new children's book on the blog, NicoleMaryMoore.com backslash shop. So make sure you go check me out. Please subscribe to my blog. There's lots of uh, in good articles, and there's a, it's a plethora of different things that I talk about on my blog. So fitness, family, and me time. All right. Well, thank you for being here. You're welcome. All righty. Isaiah, what you got? This weekend? That's what we're talking about? You ain't even paying attention. Good night, Isaiah. <laughs> I was checking out your Facebook stuff. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This weekend, I'm just working on a spec script I got going on, and I'm just putting together um, an independent study and capstone that I'm doing uh, next semester. Ah, I got a capstone going. Yep. All right. Feel that. Uh, Dale, certainly appreciate you. Bye, Naya. Always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time. And as always, church and tabernacle. Generation Radio with Kendall Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON, AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it. What's new?